What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalkInc.com. I am your host, David, and since it is the end of the year, there is only one person that I feel I need to go over the year in movies with, and my boy, JC. What is up, my friend? Uh, much. It's been too long since we've been since we've done this podcast, so I'm excited to do this with you today. Yes, we get to talk about music for like the first time ever on this podcast, right? <laughs> I, I know how much you love that movie, so I'm sure we're going to be talking about that later. Uh, yeah, so we are going to do the best of the year, the worst of the year, and the most anticipated of 2022 like we did last year. Uh, this should be a fun one. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get into some of the news of the week. Not much here since the Christmas holiday pretty much uh, destroyed any aspect of news. Everyone was celebrating the yeah. holiday, so which is always a good time of the year. Um, the Finally, what has it been? At JC, three years, eight Atlanta season three to finally premiere on March 22nd. We, uh, Basically, if it would have been like four more months, it would have been a complete four years. But yeah, three, almost three and a half years since we've had it. I, I don't even remember. I, I have to do a rewatch because I don't remember shit about the show. Like, I just remember Teddy, the Teddy Perkins episode from season two. Besides that, I got to refresh my mind on the rest of season two. Yeah, same here. Like, and I love, I love the show. I just can't, I don't remember anything about it. Because you know how many, for God's sake, the last time we had Atlanta, Ted Lasso wasn't even a thing. Dude. Apple TV wasn't even a thing. I think Stranger Things was like in season one. (laughs) Yeah, they actually look like high schoolers. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm looking forward to this. We also, I mean, I didn't have it on the agenda, but I know, uh, there are fans of that show online. Uh, Bridgerton is coming back. It was announced yesterday on Christmas Day that it will be coming back. What is it? March as well, right? March twenty fifth. But we'll yeah the day uh, the day after Atlanta. Oh, so I'm, I, we'll, uh, see, we'll see. You'll see how many girls are excited for it since the Duke isn't in it. Oh well, I haven't seen season one, so I am. Uh, Me neither, but but I know they were all hot and heavy for him, and they were sad when he left. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it definitely should be interesting what happens when the show drops. I'm sure it'll be number one on Netflix just with the expectation oh, that he may be there or whatever. People love it, especially Jenny. Yeah, uh, my my Jen, yeah, I think she is into it as well. Uh, docu- I wanted to talk about the Oscar shorts and the next bit of news, which uh, we have some snubs and we have what will probably be a snub, unfortunately. So I'm not going to run through the shorts because I can't imagine you and I have seen any of them outside of like the Disney no, ones. I usually, I usually see them like Oscar week just so I could do a prediction. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. Uh, once I know <laughs> who's nominated, it's a little easier to run them down. But documentary feature, the short uh, the documentaries that were shortlisted are Ascension, Attica, Billie Eilish, the world's a little blurry, which is probably a surprise. Uh, Faya Dai, the first wave, flee in the same breath. Julia, president, procession, the rescue, simple as water, summer of soul, the velvet underground, and writing with fire. Um, so I am on board thinking summer of soul is the favorite after what they did at the documentary awards last month. Pretty much swept yeah, the awards. Is not uh, yep, yep, <laughs> that's exactly my worry. I have it at number five right now in predictions because I know the problem is getting in. <laughs> Once it gets in, well, that, 
That five is more like how you predict it, but you would have, if it was you personally picking the, the it's nominees, my number you would one have a bit higher. It's my number one. If 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 I okay. had if I had to, it's my number one. I like Flea. I don't think Flea is this masterpiece everyone is thinking it is. I think it has some of the ugliest animation of the year, and that's just my yeah. I think it's a very interesting documentary, but all this chatter about like oh we need to have it an animated feature and all that fun stuff. I'm like if we're looking at the concept of like the animation itself it's some of the ugliest animation of the year uh did it make this for animation it did make the short list for animation okay. um i like i said i like the movie i just you know it's not my favorite documentary I mean, of the, the year subject matter is interesting to me but i you know like unfortunately right now i can't go to theaters you know for the certain situation we talked about yeah um i think you're gonna like it you're probably gonna appreciate it the same way i did like you're gonna appreciate the actual story aspect of the movie like the- but but the go thing ahead. that has me a little excited is that it reminds me of that documentary that came out a couple years ago t- called Tower that was animated too. So that's like that. I'm intrigued about that, like animated form. I mean, animated documentary that tells a real story. I can't imagine you watch it and you say, "Hey, that's some great animation." No, no. I mean, I'm not expecting it to be one of my top stuff, but like the the concept does intrigue me. Yeah, and the movie itself is very interesting. Like the do- the actual documentary is very interesting. Um, I yeah, got to. I got to show some love to Velvet Underground. I'm glad it's here. It's one of those that I saw at New York Film Festival that I that. that I only saw because I had time to kill and I needed to get into French Dispatch. And uh, there was a little workaround that I was able to do to get in there because I saw Velvet Underground first. Um, I didn't happen. I didn't expect to love the movie the way I did. It's extremely interesting. I I think it's more of a a more of a documentary on the culture of art. In the, 90, in the in the era, like the seventies, eighties, and stuff. So I think it's very, very interesting. I think you guys would you would probably like it if you give it a chance. It's yeah, much I, I so. To, I tend to like Dark Side, especially when I'm not too familiar with the with the band. Like all I already know is that Lou Reed is the lead singer. I think I believe so. And I think you probably will and will like it more than the Sparks Brothers. Oh, for sure. That one was just because I needed to do my, my Edgar Wright ranking. If it was any other director that did it, I would not have watched that shit. And I was wrong about the 80s. I don't know, this, this is how little I knew about the Velvet Underground. Early it's, 60s, 70s. It's early 80s. 60s all the way to like the 70s. But it also touches on like the influence of Andy Warhol during that era with the band. So, okay. yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And Yeah, I'm trying to get it in for my documentary. So, like, I got to watch that. I got to watch Get Back. I'll get I gotta back. watch um, get back is a couple it. of the, the music box ones like the Juice World and the the Woodstock '99 one. Woodstock, I'm gonna get a couple documentaries in. I'm gonna say that Velvet Underground, Woodstock, and Get Back are my top ten documentaries of the year. Okay, yeah, Get Back is is incredible stuff. Uh, but moving on to makeup and hairstyling, the movie me and you have talked about uh, getting some fun tech knobs. Corella's here, which is great. I love seeing it, it here. Coming to America, Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci, Nightmare Alley, No Time to Die, Suicide Squad, and West Side Story. Um, I think House of Gucci is still going to get in here, but I don't think it's a favorite anymore. I would love Cruella to win because I think the makeup in Cruella is fantastic. But if it's not Cruella, definitely Dune. That's where I'm at there. Uh, but yeah, I don't really. Did, did, is there anything missing that you were surprised? Nah, for like, guys, like the surprise would have been if Coretta somehow would have been snubbed. That because me and you went talking about how, despite the fact that it, you know the reception was you no know, middle, but it was more positive, like makeup and then the costume needs to get no matter what. Yeah, costumes. I think it's the winner. I think it needs should win costumes. It, 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 it should be if they have if they have if they have, if they have 
like real, real smart brain. Of course, but you know the academy sometimes. Um, score. This is um, some interesting choices here. So in alphabetical order, being the Ricardos, probably the surprise is Candyman. Did not expect that score to be here. Uh, yeah, when I peeped at the Oscar experts, they reacted kind of surprising, like, hmm, because that was, I didn't even think they, they, they campaigned it for anything. Agreed. Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, The French Dispatch, um, The Fucking Green Knight, Let's Fucking Go. <laughs> that score is so fucking good. Uh, the Harder They Fall, King Richard, The Last Duel, No Time to Die, Parallel Mothers, The Power of the Dog, Spencer, The Tragedy of Macbeth. So um, I'm starting to think that only one Johnny Greenwood score is going to get in, and it's going to be Power of the Has Dog. Has anybody ever been double nominated in the La- score category? Last year. Who, who was it? Uh, Attic- uh, no, Atticus Ross. Oh, Atticus. And, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Man, man and Trent. Um, so. Yeah, so I, I, it just doesn't it's happen often. It, I can't. I, it's going to be Power of the Dog. I agree with you. It, I can't. But like Dune is winning this category. Like I don't, I don't oh, see so anything. Like, plus, it's like it's crazy to think that Hans, despite the fact that he's had so many great scores since the since ninety four, since the Lion King, when he was crazy is on his his only Oscar. Like he has never won. Like is his this is over. He's overdue, even though he already has one. It's like when Mara won for the Iron Lady after like twenty years. Yeah, I think so the, this will be deserving. I don't think he's ever been in a year when he had a better score than the winner. I think. I got to look at the Inception year, but the, no, the not the Inception year, no, Social Network is a better score. I'm talking about, uh, I misspoke on the movie. Uh, I was thinking of Interstellar. I forgot who oh. won that year. Was it yeah, that? I off the top of my head. I, I'm think, 14, sorry. I think that was Desplat for uh, Grand Dispa- Budapest. I mean, yeah, it was hard. Um, Budapest. Hotel. Budapest. Yeah. Oh, I like that score a lot. Uh, Sorry, Hotel uh, takes the. But the, I know somewhere in there, there's one that he should have won the score for at least, and maybe like one of the Dark Knight movies. I don't even think he got nominated for those. Well, I mean, I mean, really, not even, not even, not even the Dark Knight, because I mean, that's not how like, eight nominated except for the big one. Let, I may, I may have misspoke. I'm looking it up right now as we speak. But yeah, like looking at, looking at it, I do think if he does win, tough competition for sure. It is the best score of the year, I think. I I think it's like it's like even dude even was able to get bagpipes into that shit somehow. For sure, like for me, if I had to pick my five, it'd be Dune, The Green Knight, Spencer. Uh, Spencer, The Power of the Dog, and I. I don't know. I do like the tragedy of Macbeth score, but um, I actually think Prowl of Mothers is going to get in because it's coming up everywhere. Which is which is funny because it's gonna get so many nominations except for the key one that we would have expected, the foreign language. Foreign yeah, language. because I I actually think it's gonna get screenplay because that movie is really good, and I I just I don't know the international. Wait, wait, the past winner, so I wouldn't put it past. I do like him. International features. Uh, we're gonna get to it in like the next. <laughs> I have a lot to say there. Um, so moving on to original song, we have. So may we start from Annette down to Joy Belfast, right where I belong, Long Promising Road, Automatic Woman from Bruce, Dream Girl, Cinderella, Beyond the Shore, Coda, The Anonymous Ones, Dear Evan Hansen, Just Look Up, Don't Look Up, Dos Orgullotes, Orgullotas from Encanto, uh, Some Somehow You Do, Four Good Days, Guns Go Bang, Harder They Fall, Be Alive, King Richard, No Time to Die, No Time to Die, Here I Am from Respect, and you, Your Song Saved My Life. Um, so this is going to be a war between... Billie Eilish and Beyonce, right? Honestly, I just honestly, 
I just I just wanted to see the narrative between B versus Hove. Right? <laughs> if somehow the heart of the fall song comes gets in. Oh, that actually would be interesting. Imagine no as soon as the sword has got enough that everybody was saying it was like they were like Ariana versus Billy and then B versus Hove. Cause if you really yeah, because I do think just look up gets in. It's gonna be a battle of its souls floor because I think Listen, this so is just us. The popularity contest is going to be crazy. Yeah. People are going to be like, who do they go for? Because, like, I mean, no offense. If the Oscars were smart and they want to get viewership, they would nominate those four movies. Yeah, I mean, I, those four I agree. songs. I agree 1,000%. And, I mean, my get, favorite. hope to maybe perform, that's going to be something they'll, they'll never be able to accomplish again. My favorite of the bunch is probably, is, as a song, it's No Time to Dive. I've, but the use of the movie is Just Look Up. Um, I do think the. The uh, Beyonce song is dope. I think that song is fantastic. No, so. yeah, like it's like even though we, I, I, the only reason I like don't look up to just look up to win is because they actually use it in the actual movie, which me and you have talked so many times how it's becoming so rare nowadays. Now it's just the, really the, the original song is over the credits, which come on, like you got like when you use the, the original song perfectly in the song, like it, it enhances the scene, like like Titanic, like um with Celine Dion, like. That stuff, that's that song is what really makes you like it hits the feels or makes you cry at the end of the movie. And last when year, even last, even last year with Husevic. Exactly, like that was you know that was my dark horse pick. Like just the nomination was the win on that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh but yeah, th- that that should be a f- probably the best lineup if it's those four in a while in in song. Best last- and, and, and and like a ploy to get ratings. Yeah. But well-deserved. Well-deserved, yeah. They are in bad songs. Uh, moving over to Sound. Belfast, Dune, Last Night and So, Matrix, Resurrections, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, A Quiet Place, Part 2, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Tick, Tick, Boom, and West Side Story. Um, nothing shocking here, right? Nah, it's, I mean, Resurrections was a little shocking because, you know, like, I wasn't, the fact, you know, like, the Matrix sequels haven't been as acclaimed as the thing. I'm like, I was surprised, especially, especially since some people have been criticizing the visual effects of this movie. How they didn't even try. Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, nothing too shocking there. And then visual effects to finish up before we get an international feature. Black Widow, no Suicide Squad. I don't I don't know how that happened, but sure. <laughs> Dune, Eternals, Free Guy, Ghostbusters, Afterlife, Godzilla vs Kong, Matrix, No Time to Die, Shang Chi, and Spider Man. Um, All for Marvel. <laughs> I don't understand how Suicide Squad is not here, <laughs> and but Black Widow is. I. Yeah, because that stuff has some shoddy CGI, especially in the end when she when when they flying in the air type stuff. But not even that, bro. Fucking st- st- Starman. Star- Starro, yeah. Starro, man. Like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> um, I don't know. Whatever. Um, maybe the maybe the low box office. I don't know. This may be one of the ones that I mean, Dune is winning this, but it may be one of the ones that they're actually going, one of the years they're actually going for actual big visual effects rather than the subtle stuff like Ex Machina. Yeah, like 1917. Oh, it pitched to black when he got shot. Ooh, such great visuals. Yeah, for sure. And then finally, international feature. (laughs) I quit. Uh, When I I realized that it wasn't in, I was so pissed off. I quit because I don't want to fucking hear that you don't have they don't like weird movies because there's a fucking weird movie on this list that I I am I I my I got my screener my my FYC screener uh Friday so I have to see it. I just know it's fucking weird. Uh but I'm gonna, we'll get to that in one moment. Well, what is it? So Great Freedom, Belgium, Playground, Bhutan, Luna uh Lunana? 
Uh, Denmark has flea. Finland has compartment number six. I do like compartment number six. I do want to throw that out. Yeah, there. I saw the trailer drop. Those looks pretty good. Yeah, it's a good movie. I, it, it's it's uh, it's Finland's version of uh, Before Sunrise. It's it's solid stuff. Uh, Germany has on your man. Iceland got shortlisted. Lamb. What? <laughs> but oh, you can't oh, get the town in here. You kept saying that you weren't gonna see it. Exactly. That shit is weird and entertaining. To time, Adam. To time, whatever. Like that's my thing. If you don't have now, I have to see it. So I, I'm gonna see it. Oh, because... I can't wait for those glorious results. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I watching? Iran has a hero, which not shock. Italy has the hand of God. That movie bored me. T- fucking tears. I gotta watch it. Um, Japan. I drive my car. I. I don't want to get canceled, so I'm not going to say anything about this movie, except it's not for me. Um, Kusabo has Hive. Mexico has Prayers for the Stolen. Uh, Norway has the worst person in the world, which is one that I'm still waiting for my FYC from Neon, because that's probably yeah, going really to be... Yeah, I want to see that one. A lot of people have been championing that movie. Yeah, that would probably be... I Everything I've heard about it, that would probably be on my best of, but I didn't see it. So Panama has uh, Plaza Cathedral, and... Spain has the good boss. So, I mean, it still got shortlisted, even though they didn't pick Parallel Mothers. So, um, but yeah. Spain, Spain usually does good. Usually, if they have a Pedro movie, they'll go with Pedro because it's like a safe choice. But usually, they, they're, they're pretty good at getting nominated. You'll be surprised I didn't go with Parallel Mothers when you see it. Like, no, I mean, I mean, so even even regarding the quality, like they they've nominated some like lower they've they've submitted some lower tier Pedro Amador movie. The fact that this movie is literally being considered one of his best is just crazy to me that they didn't go with the safer options so they could get more nominations than just this category because the good boss bearing some surprise nomination for for um bardem i don't know i don't really see any other nomination for it yeah i agree with you i mean i penelope is so good I mean, and- bardem bardem has been nominated for best actor twice for for two movies that that were under the radar before the night falls and beautiful so who knows? Bardem could do us another surprise nomination in this category for a movie that nobody really talks about. Yeah, it could we'll be. See. We'll see. And then, yeah, no to Tatan. It's over. I am very sad. I am very sad. We never should have gotten excited. This is our fault. I blame us for being too excited. No, I don't, I, I'm, I'm so excited because we, we get to, at least in this podcast, we'll get to shower with, the, with, with his rightfully deserved praise. Unbelievable. I I. I I understand. Like I understand. I it's weird, but come on, they, they gave they gave the best picture to a woman to a movie with a with a, that, with a woman that has sex with a fish four years ago. Yeah, I don't. That's weird. That's just as weird. Like, and the movie has. Oh, we're gonna get into it. The movie has so much heart. I I, I got nothing. I I we'll we'll get into it in a little <laughs> bit. So I, it, it it angered me to know one. It, it angered me more when I saw Lamb. No disrespect to Lamb, but don't tell me that. You don't want to go with weird, and then Tatan is no, one of the best. What, that's what that's what the Oscars were saying the same thing. That they were like, they're like they clearly go for, went for weird with Lamb, so I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. So I, I will. And s- you haven't seen Lamb, so when you see, you're really gonna be like, what the fuck? I will side with all film Twitter and everyone that has seen Tatan that is very sad, angered by this. Oh, so. I don't know film Twitter had to be with that. Yeah, I give two shits about who wins this category if it's not the worst person in the world at this point. Like, <laughs> I it probably is drive my car. I'm very curious. But I'm hoping, since since Tatan's not there, I'm hoping is at least or and Pedro's not there either. I'm hoping is um, a hero since Asgard for Hardy has won it twice and he's usually well liked. And I'm actually excited for that movie. Yeah, same here. I that's hopefully it's as good as the praise that's coming. And it's not three hours, so 
And Amazon thing is January seventh. Yeah. So in a week, I actually, I never requested a screening for that screener for that, so I regret it because I've heard very, Amazon very good. Do you have good things with them? Yeah, that's the that's I may just reach out just to see if I could get it early. So I'm off next week. Um, yeah, but I've heard really good things about it, so I'm very excited for that one. Those two, that and the worst person in the world, may be the only thing I'm fighting for here. So, and then those that fight for flea. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up the shorts let's get into the next bit of news last two bits um not shocking but michael keen has joined the cast of batgirl which is wonderful wonderful news and i love that you threw shade at the snyder snyder cultists which is always fun (laughs) nothing makes me happier than you know throwing shade on them because they couldn't No, because it was like there was like you know, specifically one page that you know we uh, we won't say here, but you know, we're trying to get into any issues like that. But they were like, "Oh, it's gonna be bad like this, bad like that." Like, no, it's not. The only reason he came back for the Flash is because they gave him a good farewell story. He had no intentions of coming back. I agree. I think it's more like I guess I'm more aggravated. And, we're, and listen, it did ended up finally getting off my top fifteen. But listen, they got their cake and they, they wanted to eat it too by not stopping. They got a great movie with Snyder, with the Snyder cut, and they just kept going and going and going and like, going. Like, dude, Snyder himself has moved on. The dude has signed a whole deal with Netflix. He's already start trying to start his own successfully. No, if Rebel Moon is successful, you know, since the fact that it was supposed to be a Star Wars movie, you know he's gonna make a whole franchise out of it. Yep, and he'll and, probably spend the next decade making that, like he did with he, the whole DC. And he has fucking. The, uh, the like, army of the dead like bro just just let it go like he has clearly moved on like i mean no offense i know i know they would say oh yeah we're gonna agree list snyder's uh sag snyder's justice part two i know i'm pretty sure he'll do it but his mind is somewhere else because i feel like he kind of like you know like oh you know it's like dc let me do this because the footage was there that's what people need to understand the footage was there so at this point it was like, you know what people's been attacking the footage is there to just let him reassemble it with some extra additional stuff. If they do Zack Snyder's Justice League Part Two, they gotta start bait. Well, not from scratch because I know he has storyboards, but it'll it'll put a you know like they have a, this whole plan with the Flash and everything. Like that's it. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy we got it. It was a very good film, and let's move we on. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yep. And then the last bit of news is I just want to say that um, the witch taught us to walk. The lighthouse. <laughs> the lighthouse. Taught us to run, and motherfucking oh the Northman just I will make us blow our load better than anything. I think in 2021 and 2022, and my yeah. God, that trailer did so many that, things. It jumped, it jumped. It made me that that jumped in my ranking for anticipated movies for sure. It like it's not my number one because there's only there, there's no, two no, movies that take, sure, but it but, but oh it's my, pretty high. Oh, it's same for me. Oh my. God. God, that movie looks incredible. My and I want to see because that scene where that they explained a couple months ago, where where um, Alexander rips because somebody's heart out with his hands. Like, let let me tell I you, I need to see that scene and I need to see the rest of the movie because this is gonna be a bloodbath. Perfect example of how effective that trailer was. My wife hates movies like this. She doesn't and like, all- and she saw the trailer because I hadn't seen the trailer at work. I just posted it for the site. So when I got oh. home, I saw it with her before we ate dinner, and I was like, oh, let's fucking go. And Je- and Jenny is like, oh, this actually looks good. Is that the guy that did The Lighthouse? Because she actually likes The Lighthouse, which shocked me. Um, oh, yeah, that shocked me. That's the first time I'm hearing about this. This looks probably like his most accessible film, but also with his... Well, yeah, 
Because you know, weirdness like, people, in it. People love you know, like those like those like old stuff like you no know, like. Well, I know you just like brave up, you know, like all those movies that take place like in the 12th, 11th century. They love stuff like that. Like the Academy won't go for it, but like I feel like you, like it's gonna be his most accessible movie, and it could finally maybe make Alexander Skarsgård a star inside movies because. I feel he does his best work on TV, like Succession, True Blood, and Big Little Lies. But in, in regards to movies, Tarzan didn't work, and all these other movies that he's done didn't work. But I feel like this is gonna be the movie that really puts him yeah, he's, on the map. I feel like as a movie star, he's it's, no he's no Scott Eastwood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got nothing on that one. Yeah, I mean, Scotty has had a better movie career somehow, which is hilarious because Alexander is way more talented. I think we know why. Um, let what we know for being his, hey, Alexander has a pretty famous. Well, that is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to. I didn't really have anything to detail about the trailer. I just thought it was badass and no, was awesome. Was like the cast too. Like we didn't even talk about the cast. Like Anya Taylor Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, Nicole Kim, and Willem Dafoe again. I I Edgar. am. Yes. So, like, full disclosure, like, I people on this, people that listen and on the site know I'm covering Sundance next month. Um, the way Sundance works is that you actually have to purchase. Well, like, press is giving a certain amount of films that you have to re- kind of reserve your screening, and um, you, if you do use all of them, you're you're asked out. If something opens up, you kind of have to pay for it or so on. I have, I like special screening. Exactly. I held four screenings purposely because i have a feeling that this game this may be get, getting added to something no, I, I feel like it, i feel like it could be maybe be south by southwest or that or that berlin one that is in february oh the berlin one yes that's a yeah. because usually the like the surprise um thing is usually a movie that's coming out in a few weeks like get out was like a week a week or two after Sundance and then Judas and the Black Messiah were like two three weeks after Sundance yeah this is two months but North Bank was on april so I could see maybe Berlin if it does if it decides to do the film festival route. Well, you broke my heart, so. I mean, um, hey, you could be surprised, but I, but from the ones that I've always remember, like when I remember, like I like, I mean, I don't like I tend to be on the lookout for like Sundance stuff, but usually like the special screening it tends to be a movie that's coming out like literally right when Sundance is ending. But hey, I'll, I'll pray for you that they, 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 they could be the Northman, so, so I could get so you I, get me even more excited. I I I pray for I pray for me too for that. Uh. But yeah, that wraps up all the news. Uh, before we get into our list, let's get. I have three things I wanted to highlight on what we watch for the week. I know you've probably seen a lot, but if there's anything you want to highlight, you definitely can. I haven't talked to anyone about this. I wasn't going to mention it, but um, you're my succession guy. You're the one that got me into succession. Um, I we didn't haven't spoken about the season finale. Uh, and I haven't spoken about it on here. I want to uh say kind of what I had told you. Like this season felt originally before the finale like it was going in circles like i kind of didn't know where the progression where we were going it felt like it was kind of like the curse of third season the middle of like a five season arc I show like it's also just the the hype remember we didn't get a season last year so it's like the yeah that's true for it too because like a lot of people started watching it during quarantine and then because i remember i used to always say even before you watched it i used to be like that's the best show on tv and people like, oh it's not better than the man the and all this other stuff so I feel like doing quarantine, a lot of people started watching it, and the hype started building. So, so I feel like you know, it's just when you have anything, anybody wait for anything for more than a year and change when it comes to TV, like the hype just builds too long, too much. Yeah, I I would agree. But then the last episode came, and then I realized that this season was more 
than anything about the downfall of Kendall's failures and the downfall of the entire ki- of the kids. How everything that happened on this show during this season that that the finale culminated with is their own fault. Their inability to realize that you have to befriend those sometimes that you don't want to befriend and especially in that shady that shady world the perfect example that i wanted to bring up was uh cousin greg and kendall's issue with the watch like that whole th- that whole small little instance is pretty much what made craig cousin greg realize like yo i i have my eggs in the wrong basket and ultimately with tom he kind we kind of should have seen this coming because he even said like three episodes before the finale he's like listen i'm with logan logan just doesn't lose and we ultimately Tom has always been a shady snake and and shiv pretty much telling tom the episode before like i don't love you i really don't love you and in my head i'm like oh that's a fucking mistake i i'm glad the the finale didn't go in any other directions i expected because that's what this show does and i love that for yeah, it i remember you was so sure on one specific subplot yeah oh i'll say it i thought i thought kendo was gonna kill himself <laughs> i was like oh this guy's gonna the, the end the end all of the series is gonna be suicide on tv it's gonna be like logan grieving and un- realizing that he is the reason that these kids are so fucked up um but we're not going in that direction and i kind of love where we're going the kids are finally together, and now they're pretty much going to have to scratch and claw back their way to the top. And it's probably, more, I think, it's going to be like a two-season arc where they eventually yeah, take down Logan. Probably be how it ends because they've 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 been saying that that their they, their plan is five seasons. So if it's a two-season arc, that'll be a good way. Like season, it'll be like it'll be how like Entourage, like season five, was Vinny trying to get back, and then yes. and then season six was all about him, like like basically taking it all in. That that the Great Gatsby was a success. Yeah, I agree one thousand percent. I think the um the whole thing with uh um the car conversation, but uh with Ken, Shiv, and Rome, where for the first time in the series, you actually had Shiv say to Kendall that he could be the 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 top top of the food chain, like you can be the chair, and you had never seen that before in the series. Very subtle, and no no one really paid attention to it. I haven't heard anyone really talk about that, but I thought that was a very subtle, important move in terms of them forming a bond and them realizing, hey, we're probably going to fucking kill each other, but this is probably the only way to do it. Yeah, I um, I can't wait to see where the rest goes. So, yeah. And then the other two things I wanted to highlight. Um, oh, no, three things. Hawkeye, did you finish it yet or not yet? No, not yet, but you know, like I'm in no worry. Like it's been cool, but like you know, like we kind of knew who was, who was gonna who was gonna appear in the final episode. I didn't expect what happened, but like you told me, it's it's from a from the comic. Yes, book, so. so it is directly. Re- so anyone that's living under a rock, fast forward yeah, about like, fifteen seconds. I haven't seen it, but I know what happens. It's like it's unavoidable. Yeah, so fifteen seconds, thirty seconds. I just want to mention that. Yeah, so Kingpin is in it. Uh, he gets shot in the face. That is directly taken from a Daredevil arc where Echo shoots him in the face. Doesn't kill him. It's exactly the same shot. Um, doesn't kill him, but eventually he she blinds him. So that's where I think they're going with this. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that it f- didn't feel earned. It happened over the course of an episode, so I didn't, you know. Exactly, I, that when making his first appearance, that's kind of sucks. Yeah. 
Um, but he's great as always, so I can't no complaint. Well, it's very much we all wanted him to bring him back. <laughs> it's very much a PG thirteen version of this character. Uh, so you'll you'll understand when you see it. But D'Onofrio is is just incredible. Um, we'll talk about the Matrix in a second, but <sighs> JC and I love horror movies, and we love really bad <laughs> horror movies. There's a horror movie that um, shout out to uh, Last Driving with Joe Bob Briggs. They had their Christmas uh, auction this past week uh and <laughs> they showed a movie that i had heard about i had never seen um and i know that my boy over here has seen it and probably likes it and will probably tell me how wrong i am for hating it um <laughs> the movie is stars clint howard can you guess what it is oh yes baby the ice cream man that movie is so garbage it is <laughs> oh my god God, that movie is so bad. As we said, Clint Howard, because if it's not Ron Howard or Adam Sandler, there's only one movie I could, I, could, I remember of him. I, I had always been interested in it, and then the first 25 minutes, I'm like, what the yeah, it's, fuck it's is going movie. on? I don't even know what the fuck is going on. This guy's fucking pulling ice cream and taking change with fucking ca- like cockroaches and shit. Like, what the fuck is going on? You know who wrote that movie, right? Oh, no. Who wrote this? The guy that directed Wedding Crashes in Eurovision. Oh my! Well, I don't like Eurovision, but um, Wedding Crashes. Oh, stop acting like like you wasn't singing "Who's a Victim" at the at the top of your lungs. Oh my god, the movie's so bad. But yeah, that was that was his first as far as um anything he did in Hollywood. Fun fact: the director directed porn, and this is his only feature film that's not a porn film. Yes. So the movie was so bad. <laughs> It's the guy. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't like it, but but it it was something though when I saw it. I I, I can't believe it because I love bad horror. So the fact that it was as bad as it was, I'm like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, but you can see why it has a cult following because it is the type of movie that you could just watch just to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, like Clint Howard is doing. Let's just put he's making choices. He's he knows that's the only time he'll ever be a leading man, so he went all for it. Oh yeah, all for it is an understatement. Oh man, yeah. So if you guys want to check it out, it's actually on Shutter right now. If you watch uh, the Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, so yeah, uh, that movie was something. And then yeah, we'll talk about the Matrix now. If you, do you want to highlight anything else you saw? Um, not just a lot of Christmas movies. Yeah, like, same here. Movie wise, I saw. Silent Night, and I didn't even like. I didn't even want to review for the for the for my page because it was just I didn't have no enthusiasm. It was, it was all right. Yeah, it, I you kind of um, yeah, it was it was uh it was something. I didn't really like it too much. I mean, you prepared me because you know like the trailers. I mean, I didn't see the full trailer, but like from what I saw in the trailer, didn't hint that it was gonna be like an end of the world type of thing. Like I just thought it was gonna be like a. Uh, you know, like a dark comedy with like a dysfunctional family that they didn't get along. That's about it. Yeah, you didn't expect that. Yeah, and th- what do you think of the ending? It's whatever. Yeah, I, I, I was very like the only fun thing about it to me was the fact that uh, you had my man JoJo cursing left and right, which I didn't expect. Especially since his mom Rowan directed the movie, I was like, oh shit, this little kid's cursing, cursing up a storm, like. It was F on this, F on that, saying the C word. I'm like, shit. Yeah, it was. And his mom directed it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. His mom. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that movie was something. Um, but yeah, I wanted to touch base with you because I know you probably have. Me, you have 
an understanding of what this movie was trying to be, and that's the Matrix Resurrection. Yeah, I love that this is my I mean, part. Get the hate? It's just, to me, just like, yeah, it's getting way too literal. All right, great. Good. Because I love that this is my podcast and I can say whatever the fuck I want. So, um, shout out. I'm not going to name anyone by names because that ain't what I do. <laughs> I just want to shout out people on, on film Twitter and social media and Instagram that are taking this way too serious. Like, this movie is... I understand why it's so divided. I happen to fall on the like it a lot category. But to sit there and say it's one of the worst movies of the year just shows me that, one, you didn't see any movies this year. So you shouldn't be getting screened to so many movies because you clearly have no taste. Thank you. Two, I don't understand... Um what makes this worse than revolutions that's like the most important aspect of like this this franchise three this franchise has always been controversial in terms of outside of the original people have been divided on all three sequels so i this isn't the fucking godfather this isn't the dark knight this isn't like iconic trilogies this is one incredibly made film with very controversial the sequels. My feelings on it, like, before we get into, like, the details of it, it's like, hey, for me, shout out to Lana. It's like, she did, she said, yo, I'm gonna do my fucking thing, and I don't give a but shit. Yeah, I'm about to reboot this shit without me and Michael, without me and have Michael B. Jordan come into this. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, my, my issue is, like, hey, she probably didn't even want to do this. So she did it. She said it. She said it. She only don't, remember, they said no for 18 years that Warner was even gonna reboot it couple years ago with Michael B. Jordan, that's why I made a little joke there, but she only did it because her parents both had died around the same time, and this was like an, an escape for her. And, yeah, like, I, I I like the movie. I I can understand the meta stuff rubbing people and people may finding it pretentious in a way, and if you don't like the movie, I get it. I think this is probably the most divide I've seen in a movie within a film since probably the, um, last the Last Jedi, and that's one of my favorite films. That probably, that's my favorite film of 2017 and my third favorite star wars film of all time so i i would love that comparison it's not as good as the last jedi do not get me wrong i think the action sequences are i will say the action set pieces are the worst of the franchise would you agree there yeah because this be it was like they they didn't they're they're the team that did the the cinematography and everything for the for the first three movies none of the, nobody came back lana's the only one that came back from the original trilogy besides the actors yeah. So that's why it has like a distinct a different look. And honestly, I think one of the big things that I took away from it is that Lana pretty much let us know, hey, this story is despite presentations that I made in high school regarding the allegories to the film and the original trilogy, this film essentially is mostly always been a love story between Neo and Trinity. And I think yeah, it's crazy because you really you, you get that more in the sequels. Like we watching the first one, I'm like yeah, you really don't get that much of a hit. Like you could tell that there was a potential romance, but but the sequels are the ones that really like hammered in on that romance. The first one, it was just like you know, it's like she was admiration to ne- you know she admired Neo you know for him being the one, but there wasn't too much like rom- romantic subplots in that one. Yeah, I I I agree with you, and I think despite the fact that the second and third one had this like focus on the romance i always just felt that as a religious allegory and i really thought of it 
as that, but this one kind of put emphasis on how important they these two are to each other. Yeah, I honestly the twos now, not the one. Exactly. Like honestly, I was really engaged by it. I thought Neil Patrick Harris was excellent. I thought um Jonathan Groff was fantastic as his new version of a character. Yes, as from- good as you could be when you were replacing those shoes. Yep. I I'm more with you. I didn't think he was that great, Yaya, as the new Morpheus. I I feel it has potential, but he wasn't given much to do. Yes. Like he was in the sideline a lot, especially in the first in the in the last half. Like the first forty minutes, you would think that he was gonna be more important to the story. But after, like after they leave the the whole meta stuff in the beginning, like he really was put to the side. Yeah, I kinda like like they didn't really try to replace Morpheus, but he's more of the hybrid of Smith and Mondo, whatever they called it. Yeah, so like that's that's cool. Like and I guess the reason I, I, I lean more on the positive end of it is I've, uh, I've also seen, thanks to you, every single David Lynch movie. So if people find this confusing, I don't know what the fuck they've ever seen or they've probably never seen a David Lynch film in their I fucking lives. I don't find it confusing at all. Like, do I have to pay attention? Absolutely. But you have, to, you, have, you have to be very familiar with the... You have had to have rewatched the sequels recently because it, it relies a lot on the original trilogy and nostalgia. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't, I don't find this movie weird at all or confusing. Once, once I knew where they were going, Tenet I'm like, oh yeah. Confusing. What'd you say? Tenet was more confusing. Yes, it was. Um, I will say, rewatching the trilogy before this movie, I do have a little bit more respect for it in terms of like, I, the second one I liked a lot more this time around, minus the giant rave that still doesn't work for me but the <laughs> but these, that scene is it, it introduces a very funny character that comes back on this one yes the third one i think oh, does garbage, so final fight yeah so i do like everything in zion like the fight sequences in zion i think that's dope the the smith neo fight is fantastic i do like the ideas created in the, the train sequence in the opening um there is a lot in the middle that just doesn't work for me, but uh, I don't think it's the biggest train wreck ever. But it's not very, very oh, good. far from it. It's not even the, it's not even the Wachowski's worst movie. No, it's not because That's their worst Jupiter movie, the, their their worst movie is Jupiter Ascending, followed by a movie you seem to like, Cloud Atlas, baby. That movie is something. I I can't listen. I I I shit on that movie a lot because I've only seen it once, and it took me about. Five hours from pa- well, I mean, with pausing. This is long. That movie definitely would have worked better. Like as a miniseries. Yeah, I I agree. I agree one thousand percent. It's too big. Like there's too many ideas on it. So I I, I get it why it's divisive. Why people don't like it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just always intrigued by it because all the different stories and just the fact that they got Tom Hanks to do a movie like this, which is the weirdest thing he's never done, and the fact that it bombed in the box office. We'll probably never see him do something like this again. Yeah, he actually talked about it on a podcast like a month ago. Uh, when did uh? Oh. When did his new movie come out? It was like a month ago, November, right? Finch, uh, Finch, yeah, yeah. beginning of November. Yeah, so he was on a podcast last month where he talked about like filming experiences and how much he loved actually filming Cloud Atlas. No, I mean, remember it was like what six, seven different worlds. Like it got him to play so many different characters. As an actor, they love when they could play many different roles. So remember, getting to do seven roles in one movie. Yeah, that must have been intriguing for an actor, especially when it was like, like just the 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 future stuff when he would. When he had with um with Halle Berry, you know, like that's something that he's never he's never done a sci-fi movie like that. So maybe, I'm pretty sure for an act is very intriguing. Maybe one day. 
I'll rewatch hey, it. HBO Max. I, I say give it a go. You might like it more now. Yeah. You probably still won't have it as high as me, but you might. I feel you might like it more because you tend to similar to me sometimes when you rewatch the movie that you initially like was like whatever about it. You tend to like see it in a different light once you once without the hype and the pre pre um initial release. When I have three and a half hours, I got you. I promise. Yeah, and that's pretty much like every, everything on the Matrix. I think I think it's a warranted sequel. I don't think we're getting another one. Um, but they do set it up in case the well, movie does get, make money. Could get another one, but I don't think Lana will ever come back again for it. Yeah, I I agree. But at the end of the day, Warner 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 will maybe want. Remember, they were at one point going to do it. Like I said, so I could see maybe a couple years on the line with Lana without Lana. I mean, I would rather it be with with Lana at least, so it could have. Because I feel that's the only way that, that Keanu and Carrie will come back. I, I, like if we're gonna get another sequel, I need I need the like the the main components in that. I don't want to just a, you know like a rehash, reboot a sequel with like Michael B. Jordan and I don't know Timothy Chalamet or some shit. And, and then that's, just and I and I the story. and I think that's probably why she closed this movie the way she closed it because it makes Neo and Trinity extremely essential if we're gonna make any more. Exactly. It's like like the only way that I could see another sequel happen will be that they'll just it'll be pretty much re- like the, we love the Force Awakens, but the Force Awakens essentially a New Hope remade. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way that that they will be able to make a new Matrix if Lana's not involved. They will just basically be rehashing everything that happened before, but still but making like a le- legacy sequel where they'll mention the character, so it won't be like some people won't say it's a complete remake. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up what we watched. Now let's get into what well, we're here. We're here to re- recap 2021. Um, gotta say, much better year than last year, I think. Well, I mean, remember, we all, we all kind of knew this. We all, we, everybody was referring to 2021 as probably the biggest movie year of all time, given all the delays. Wasn't that? But it definitely was very, very good. Um, I mean, I mean, last year was good given given what the situation we were in. Yeah, we still got promising young woman, and I think that alone. Yeah, like is... that we were able to make a, a solid top ten, and I have like a three out of five movie in the tenth spot was as a win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's start with our worst. Yeah, of course we got to get the badass. So yes, into the more positive. I gotta say, maybe because I avoided it, there are more movies that I thought were aggressively mediocre and not yeah, my, my, hated. my stuff is gonna be like what the fuck is so-and-so yeah like i i don't tend to look for garbage garbage just tends to find me um and that's what happened this year i only searched for a couple of these garbage films and yeah so i'm gonna start off with some honorable mentions here so uh i want to throw some i guess we can call this love to home sweet home alone um, for oh, come on. for me, it's still better than part three. It wasn't. Yes, it's still better than part three, four, and five, or whatever the hell comes after two. Yeah, yeah, you got it. This is number six. But it took me forty-five minutes to get into it, and that for a movie that's an hour and thirty minutes, that's that's not good. that's not good. <laughs> um, but you know, I do think it's worth watching just to watch. You know, the final forty-five minutes. I, you know, I I, I thought they oh, were yeah. pretty pretty sweet that's and charming. Brutal. Yeah, and I say sweet and charming in the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Y- unique way. I think you guys will see what yeah, I mean. Yeah, the last summer is very charming. Um, this is probably the most disappointing film of the year for me. Well, actually, no, second most disappointing because 
Michael B. Jordan in action movie. I thought that was going to be great. So without, oh, yeah, yeah without that, happened, but it was disappointing. Without remorse is just you know, it just I can't say it's a completely awful movie. I just think it's extremely disappointing. It was it's disappointing given the talent involved and the fact that it takes place in the Tom Clancy world, which I've liked all five Jack Ryan movies. Yep. Um, the last three here before I get into my ten, uh, coming to America. <laughs> But if you know me, if you know me, are you shocked? <laughs> um, things well, hurt. Well, you like them with me, I'll say that much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, maybe my 10 does have a lot of really bad shit then. Um, things hurt in Seed? Do you remember? I actually didn't even bother with that one. I thought some of the reviews, I was like, the trailer looked good. I like me a Haunted House movie, but I'm like, and yeah. I saw those reviews, I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. And this is the only movie on here. Ended up falling out of my top ten when I re- redid everything. Um, I hated this movie. Um, it's the only fresh mo- RT movie on here, and we you have talked about this uh, for months. Uh, the oh, yeah, fa- I falling. I hated it. I hated every aspect I'm of this movie. Like that because you had it like literally at the, your top bottom two for like literally. Yeah, it. I did, and then when I redid my list, I'm like, yeah. Let me be real with myself. I hated it. It wasn't a. But it wasn't. That's, that, that, that was my. That was my argument with me the whole year. I'm like, I get it. You didn't like it, but it's not worse than so and so and so. No. So like, I think it's a well made film for the most part. I just think its themes are very. No. Yeah. That I definitely get because even though I was more positive, I did say that the characters are very unlikable and uh, and, and just like some of the stuff is just like yeah. Yeah. There's nothing redeeming about you. this movie, and it feels like. Like, hey, people can hate on Green Book, but at least it had a complete character arc. There's nothing here for me. Uh, but yeah, uh, now to get to my 10, I'm going to run through my 10 through 2, because I think me and you probably have the same number one. So, uh, uh, I mean, if you saw the movie, then yeah. Number 10, um, I thought about this, but the more I think <laughs> about it, I realize that no movie that is essentially a remake of a 1996 cult Guilty pleasure classic should be fucking two hours. Space Jam: A New Legacy is my number ten worst film of the year. Let me tell you something. I thought about this a lot in the last few months, and unfortunately, more than I should. Um, Yeah, I haven't thought about it since July 16. I, I, I don't understand why this movie was two hours. And I think what pushed me towards putting this movie on this list is a few things. One, LeBron James has some fun acting performances this ain't it he has a he is as dry as a wall my friend he is not funny he is not charismatic he is listen and michael jordan is awful but my gave a better performance him or jordan oh jordan and that's saying something because jordan was terrible um yeah that's what i'm saying i think because jordan didn't try to incorporate heart and the father son storylines in the fucking movie. Like, Although I feel, I feel like the father son was more important. The the kid stuff was more important in this one than than the original. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, it just didn't work. And listen, Spike? one of the biggest things is like that made me add this to my ten is what exactly who exactly are they marketing? Because are you marketing oh, children or is PIG or adults? Because like. If you're marketing kids, then the whole scene at the end where you have all these w, uh, Warner Brothers properties, it doesn't work. 
because yeah, cause well, they don't they don't they don't know much of those characters. Like I don't know any six year old that's seen a Clockwork Orange. So why is how that was involved? Period. Like there's a lot of adults that don't even like that movie because of this uh, this controversial matter. Exactly. Can you imagine like a kid saying, "Hey, who are those guys? Daddy or mommy or whatever." And saying, hey, I, you know, and the, they have to explain what that is. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just doesn't work for me. So, yeah. Next up, yeah. next up, I have um, not shocking to anyone. Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin. Uh, I didn't bother. Yeah, that movie is. Um, um, It's something. It is something. I don't like. I can't say that I only really like one in three. I don't like any other Paranormal Activity movie. I think I don't like POV I like films. First, I only seen the first two, so that's why I was like, on the, in my mind, it was like, unless this gets good reviews, or at least like uh, 50, I would see it, but once I saw everybody hating even the diehard fans of the franchise, I'm like, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. Yeah, it's really bad. There's nothing about it that's engaging. There's nothing about it that's interesting, and like I said before, I am really into bad horror films. I can watch any horror film, good and bad. Of horror, of horror movies. But give me bad that's at least like entertaining. entertaining. Exactly. And this was not it. Uh, next up, I have the worst twist of 2021. Sweet mm. girl. Have oh. Did you see that? Yeah, well, we talked about it. It was like one of the first movies I saw when I got back from the I was just like, what? And the actual fuck? Like, it just is ridiculous because to me, it's like you expect us to be like, it's a bummer said was able to take down so and so person. Yeah. Like Jason Momoa taking down this person is believable. But this little six year old girl who's probably like 100, 110 pounds cannot take down this big ass bodyguard, regardless of how much MMA training she has. And honestly, I think the movie was actually pretty engaging. Yeah, it, was, it, was a, it was a solid Netflix thriller for, for, for the first 70 minutes. Yep. Once you get, and that's another thing, I think, wasn't it over two hours? Oh, damn you. I can't. I honestly can't remember. I thought I, that's why I said 70 because I thought it was like 90, 95 minutes. Because I remember I was actually pretty into it until that twist happened. I'm like, oh, that is that yeah, is just pretty like, awful. It was, it was about what you expect from Jason Momoa's movies outside of his franchise work. Uh, next two are Infinite and Awake. I I, I just I don't even know why yeah, I bothered. Yeah, we have them. I have them back to back. Just a little higher than you, but I, but back they're both on the same spot. Yeah, I I I I don't know why. I don't know why I bothered, to be honest with you, on both of these. Especially with Infinite, because you're not even a Fuqua fan, and you really don't really like Mark Wahlberg much. No, I don't. So, yeah. And the then, fact that it was Streets of Paramount, I thought you were going to skip because you kind of knew we kind of knew the quality. That's was- why I saw it, because I could actually watch it at home without being bothered or going to the theater. Well, yeah, that's understandable. Um, and then the go- rounding out, going into my top uh, five, uh, this was a little higher before uh, Cherry. This is my most disappointing film of 2021. That's definitely up there, disappointing-wise. Um, I thought this movie tried to... The Russos essentially tried to make a movie with 45 different uh, styles, and none of them worked for me. Tom Holland was good, but I think he's starting... He's a, the best part of the movie. Agreed, but he's also starting a streak of not being able to make anything good that's not uh, Spider-Man. Because he also he's fought. Like, he's like he's like Chris Hemsworth, like Chris uh, most. Well, Chris, I'm not, sorry, Chris Hemsworth actually has made some decent movies. They just don't make money, so it's the opposite. Yeah. Where Tom Holland is good in the movies, and then they don't. Uh, whatever the case is. Yeah, because the next movie on my list also stars Tom Holland with Chaos oh, Walking. You see that one? Yeah, that one's pretty bad. Yeah, he's this one's worse because he's 
the movie's not good, and he's also not good in it. So it's 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 a two for there. And that's, then, that's the only thing I liked in that one. And then speaking of movies that should not be too long, and I don't understand why, and a way in a movie that they should have learned from Clifford the Big Red Dog. Tom and Jerry is my number three because Tom and Jerry is almost two hours long. Why? And we didn't even get enough time with the main people we wanted to see. Yep. I have n- this movie is pretty bad. It is and the worst sin for a children's film is to be boring. And this movie is absolutely boring. Like no offense, little kids don't care about the human interactions. They want to see Tom and Jerry. It's like Granted, the Godzilla and Kong movies are better, but is the issue that we have with those. Like, we come to see the people in the title. We don't care about no human action or subplots. One thousand percent. And then uh, this movie. The only reason I saw this movie was because my wife wanted to see this movie, and that is um, oh, gotta, like, damn, why are you doing Jenny like that? Um, because I don't really like Melissa McCarthy, and that is and oh, Thunder, Thunder Force. Force. Yeah, <laughs> that's my number two worst film of the year. Uh, you know what I want to? You know what I have to say for people that are wondering why it's so bad? Just go to Netflix and watch it. It's available for you to see it. Well, come on, you can't front Jason Bateman and his lobster hands were funny. You you thought that was funny? Yeah, come on, he, he he wanted to butter her up. I rolled my eyes when that happened. <laughs> that should have me cracking up, bro. <sighs> I. Her uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband directed this, right? Yeah, you know, that's the only way he could get a job. He's directing a Netflix a Netflix miniseries now with her. Yeah, he, does he have a good movie? Or am I? Because no, well, he, he, no, he hasn't directed a good movie. I've enjoyed some of them because I enjoy her stuff, but I won't call them good. And I, 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 I tend to be honest with myself. I can enjoy crap, but I can't admit when the crap I like is bad. Yeah, I'm not one of those people that says that likes crap and says, "Oh no, it's actually good." No, it. I've enjoyed some of the movies together, like The Boss, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. All right, cool. And then my number one, I know we're going to talk about with you, so uh, I'll let you take over. All right, so my number 10 is Outside the Wire. It's a Netflix movie with um, Dansom Idris from Snowfall and Anthony Mackie. It was very boring. The only interesting part of that was the fact that Anthony Mackie played like a super soldier. Was like, that was like He was like half machine. I believe he was half machine or full machine. But not a Terminator, so yeah, it could have been better. But for you know, it's just typical crappy Netflix movie that they just drop without much promotion. Number nine, same as you was well, not like you, but you haven't included is Infinite. I love Mark Wahlberg, but this wasn't it. Like it's basically like a crappy dumb version of the old guard. You know, I was like, well, no, the fact that people could live for. I mean, granted, this was reincarnation instead of like just living forever. Very boring. Very. Probably Mark Wahlberg's worst performance, and that's saying something because the guy did the happening and Max Payne. Yeah, ironically, Anton Fuqua actually had a good movie this year. Exactly, the guilty. Yeah, and I really don't uh, like him. So, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, number A is Awake, and funny for a movie that's called Awake, I could barely stay awake. <laughs> yeah, same here. So that bad. Shit was boring, and that trailer looked really good, and I like Gina Rodriguez, so I was. I won't say because it was one of my most disappointing movies of the year because it's not like it, I had no idea about it until like a month before it came out. But given the trailer, it should have been at least halfway decent, but it wasn't. Number seven was Tom and Jerry. I mean, everything you said and what I've said while you were talking is just like, and Clifford the Red, Big Red Dog showed what a kiss movie 
should be in this day and age. Uh, number six is a movie that I didn't even bother reviewing for my page because I just really had nothing to say about it, and that was The Adams Family 2. Oh, I never bothered seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I like the I like the one from two years ago. I know not not many people liked it. But I thought it was cool, and I like Oscar Isaac as Adam, I mean, as Gomez. Uh, number five, uh, number my three to five is when you're gonna be like, what the fuck is so and so? My number five is Horizon Line. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> it's a movie with um with the Allison Williams, the girl from Get Out, the white girl. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's basically like it takes place in a in a single engine airplane. She's with her ex boyfriend, and it becomes like a horror movie where they get stuck and they're trying to land. That this sounds like me. I like to watch my movies. So you know, like I like to watch crappy movies. Just one, because I have I have a thing where I enjoy reviewing crappy movies because it, 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 I feel those reviews tend to be fun. <laughs> and whatever the case is, it that sounds good. like the most fun movie ever. I mean, you would have you would have a feel that would you you would enjoy it. Uh, well, not for that reason, but you know, um, my number four is actually another movie that you're gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" It's called The Virtuoso. It's actually the- oh no, I I know that movie. Oh yeah, that's the, that's literally the movie that came out a week after Anthony Hopkins made gave the shocker of the year when he won Best Actor. Yes, yes, I do remember that movie. But basically, it has this actor that I fucking hate that he's in Star Trek Discovery. Like he plays an assassin, you know. Like I got it. You know, when you're a mute assassin, assassin, you're not supposed to really have much personality. But this dude was fucking horrible. He's a fucking vacuum, a charisma vacuum. Like he voiceover works if your actor has a good voice and, and charisma. He doesn't have it, so the voiceover this movie worked was horrible. Um, my number three was Rogue. Um, sorry, um, Rogue Hostage. Another movie. You're like, what the fuck is this? It sounds like it sounds like a movie you find in the discount bin at Walmart. It, it sounds like a Dollar Tree movie. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a funny. You're a, you're a funny constituent. <laughs> it starts John Malkovich and Tyree. So you know, they, I was you know what, whatever. I watched. I, I wasn't expecting much because it didn't even bother to come on limited theaters. At least it was just straight to VOD. But Tyrese basically plays a former Marine. And he has to save a group of hostages in, in this, like, mall. It's, the concept is kind of stupid, whatever case is. It wasn't good. Tyrese should have stick to being a, a supporting character in franchise movies like Transformers and or um, Fast Five, the Fast and the Furious movies. If he's going to be a lead, just be a hood movie like Baby Boy. <laughs> um, my number two is your number one, and that is the most offensive movie of the last 30 years, probably. Music. Yeah, I would probably say that. Yeah, like, I can't think of a, of a movie that's been more offensive. But, I mean, come on, I mean, like, if you haven't heard about music, I'm really shocked because everybody Googled it when it got nominated for Golden Globes early, earlier this year. I mean, you knew about it because, you, know, you know, you run your website, run my page, so we kind of were familiar, you know, we, posting the trailer i honestly and like to to, sorry to cut you off i actually was not going to see it until it was nominated and i'm like what (laughs) did i miss something because like the trailer like i said like the only positive thing i can say about this movie is if you've seen sia videos you know they're very visually stunning like the music is great the choreography is great maddie is a great dancer that's probably the reason i gave this a one out of five because that aspect is good but as a person who has an autistic cousin and has friends who have autistic kids that I love, 
this movie was seriously offensive. Like, I get it, like, sometimes you could, you know, like, not, there's not many, I mean, that, that at least say it publicly, there's not that many autistic actors, but there's a way you could play an autistic character without being so offensive to, you know, what we tend to, like, you know, like how when some people make fun of, like, people that have mental issues, how, you know, like, like The Ringer, the, the Johnny Knoxville movie, like, that is, well, that's right up here with music as some of the most offensive movies of all, of the last 20, 30 years, but it's like, a technique is like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much since I have, like I'll say, fan members, I, I, this is a sensitive subject for me, but it's like, you shouldn't pin down autistic kids to try to calm them down, and this movie did that, and I was just like, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to have a field day with this, because that's like something that you know you should never do, because you can stop their breathing. Jesus. That, I mean, that's why I wanted you to take over on this one, because I know you... You yeah, had mentioned how like, personal this is to you, and it's yeah. funny, and it, and I mean it's not funny, but it's it's yeah. crazy that this cast is actually not bad. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what before the reviews came out, I, I'm like, okay, like you know, it's a it's a, it's a vanity product because he is not a, 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 a movie director. We I mean, you have Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, you know. Yeah, I'm like even ben, ben Ben Schwartz is in this. Hector Elizondo is in this, so it's not like <laughs> yeah. So could have yeah. been, been a solid musical, but it's not and it's your number one so what you got to say i mean you literally took every word out of my mouth it is one of the most offensive films i've ever seen and i think what makes it more offensive is that the globes went for it i think that's kind of what i mean you know they're they're, you know they're star fuckers yeah it it, it's pretty incredible that um, they would go for they would watch this movie and not be offended by it and for me, but they're canceled this year because they didn't see was what was offensive about it. I think. Yeah, no, you you nailed it. I mean, you kind of nailed everything to a T. I can't add anything that would make the. And then my number one, I don't think you saw it because you, you kind of know better than me. Yeah, I'm shocked that this is not your number one. So, what is your number one? It is Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. Oh no! I never bothered. Yes, yes, I remember you I told me about this. The sister movie, the the the, the Eileen Warnos one. I was like, yeah, I just had enough. I don't know the director's name, but he is the biggest hack and the freaking man. But he has such good He has such good documentaries. He has such but he has such good documentaries. Yeah, exactly. Like he did the documentary for the Camp Crystal Lake, the which is which is covers the. The Fred, the um, sorry, the Fred of the Thirteenth one, and then he did Never Sleep Again, which covers the whole franchise of Nightmare on Elm Street. Those are great documentaries, but as as far as narrative, he's a fucking hack because he just loves doing these biopics that have no intention of being good at all. And it, is, it was literally the only zero I I gave this whole year. That movie is just fucking horrible. Do you um does he doesn't he have another one in the works this year? I mean you next know, year. And this movie, this one was so bad, I didn't even bother seeing the sister one, which is about Eileen Warner's with, with our girl from Cobra Kai. Oh, no. That was about in September, but I didn't bother watching it. I was just like, you know what? Like, I gave 1-0 this year. I'm good. Yeah, so agree with, I agree with, I had seen everything but this one of his. Um, don't watch his feature films. They're absolute garbage, just like JC said. But definitely check out those documentaries, because those documentaries are actually pretty good so I, like that's literally like that's exactly what a documentary covering a franchise should be like they go film by film they get the people involved and you can see a true passion for this for yes. the franchise 
Um, all right, cool. So let's get into the best of the year. Um, I just want to throw some love to a few films here that I know probably will not be mentioned by anybody. Um, I want to throw love to The Novice. Um, I saw this at Tribeca back in June. I raved about it back then, and it's it's lovely to see that everyone that has seen it has raved about it since. It's certified at 96% on... Yep. Certified at 96% on RT. The Indie, uh, in the Spirit Awards went hard for it, which is fantastic. Isabel Furman gives like one of the best performances of the year. It's essentially whiplash meets a social network. Um, I loved it. It's fantastic. It just missed the cut of making my top, uh, top 15. Uh, I do want to, I, this isn't in my top 15 or not in my top 20, but I do want to give a shout out to an Indian, film called the last film show it's my number 38 of the Wait, year you still haven't seen it right yeah because it still hasn't hasn't been distributed yet yeah i think you're going to love it um there there is i it's not on my top 15 either but i have a feeling it'll probably go up if i watch it again uh i have Macbeth. Too many movies you did you covered a couple film festivals yeah so it's, i i i watched over 200 new movies this year so it's uh it's been a very busy year uh and I haven't decided what my 15 when I release my rankings online will be, but it is either going to be the Mitchells versus the Machines or Cruella. Right now, it's a fight to the death to see what hits my 15. So I'm going to rewatch both of them before releasing my final. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it probably until like mid-January because unless I unless I catch Tragedy of Macbeth before that because I want to wait for that because I feel that I could crack my top 15. It so. will. It will. For you especially. It will. Exactly. Cause remember, that's been my that was my well, my I think my top five most anticipated for this year. Cause you know, Macbeth is my favorite Shakespeare property. Then yeah, yeah that's I, uh, Francis and Joel Cohen. I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're, much see the home run. I want to rewatch it too, just to see if it does. Maybe it does crack the the list. But yeah, it's very very good. Uh but yeah, my number fourteen will not be moving. Uh, I have the last duel. Uh Ridley Scott's good film of twenty twenty. Hey, what are you talking about? We made two good movies. You said that was the great one. This is the great one. The other one is the guilty pleasure we will love to rewatch. Um, I just want to fly like a bird. Um, uh, man, I hope that Academy goes for for Jared Leto. Please. Oh my god! Uh, but yeah, I I I enjoy this movie quite a bit. I think it's probably my and I know you love The Martian. I think The Martian is very good, but I think this is my favorite really Scott film since Gladiator. I, well, remember, like I said, my review is like that's his best epic. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. It's so good. Um, performances across the board are fantastic. Uh, I thought that I wouldn't go for the three narrative structure, but I actually really dug every aspect of them going through. Yeah, the like different yeah, narratives. it works for the story. Like yeah. you get a whole, you get you truly do get three different perspectives from the same stuff. Get a different let's see, different and, angles with the smart choice and the. The title of the film is warranted because the duel itself is incredible. Uh, now, another medieval film that does not have as much action, but I absolutely adored, and that is The Green Knight. Uh, if you're if you're going into this movie thinking you're going to get the last duel, you're not, so don't bother doing it. Um, but the movie just... It's such a beautiful film. Some of the best cinematography of the year. The score is fantastic. Uh, Dev Patel is... Career best. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. I was waiting for you to say it so I don't get in trouble. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he is he is fantastic in this film, and I do love that there is some form of ambiguity at the end. 
as to whether or not that, 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 those fighters are some of the best of the year. Yep, it reminds me of La La Land in a weird way. Well, uh, I mean, it is because it feels like a fantasy, and then we get the the actual real reality. There is a post credit scene that kind of makes you wonder what the answer really is. Um, I, I got to look at that. I didn't know there was one. Yeah, it very much makes you question what the actual ending of the which reality actually occurs. Uh, number twelve is my number two musical of the year, and that is Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, I got to say that I would say Andrew Garfield probably has the best male performance of the year, and I know he's not going to win the Oscar, and Will Smith is going to win the Oscar, but I think this movie is fantastic. Uh, The only issue I may have with it is that the cinematography is a a little too dark for me, uh, but Garfield himself is fantastic, and the musical numbers are some of the best of the year. I loved. I'm very curious to see what Lynn does next because I love his direction for the most part in this. Uh, number eleven, I'm going popcorn movies for the next three because I'm I'm not one of those that leaves popcorn films out of my top fifteen. Yeah, uh, I have a couple popcorn too. So number eleven is the Suicide Squad. Uh, you went to my the press screening with me for this one and. You and I were both like, what the fuck? This movie is the best DCEU movie by, like, miles. Uh, and, it's, and, and even though I like the first Suicide Squad, this is the Suicide Squad we deserved. And I feel the fact that a lot of people were disappointed with the first one is why this movie didn't make that much money. Yes. And that, that I, I remember you telling me 2016 is when you experimented with hard drugs, and that's why you like Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh <laughs> But no, outside, um, I, everything about it worked. I think all the characters work really well. Uh, Peacemaker pretty much gives a reason why he's getting his own show. John Cena is pretty great in this. It's crazy that if you look at him here and then look at him at, in F9 or F Fast 9 or whatever. Yeah, like he is like so stiff in those, but he's so incredible like, in yeah, this. John Cena has, is very charismatic. It's like, no, do not. Like for when for when he was starting with the Marine and twelve rounds, yeah, he could make him stoic because he didn't. People didn't didn't really know how to tap into his charisma. But it's like that's it. We after this, I don't feel like if he does an action movie, they'll make him a, a serious guy or the, or the villain. If you make him a villain, make him charismatic. You know, have time to chew the scenery. Yeah, don't make I, him serious. I agree. Uh, my number ten is a movie that uh, spoiler alert is not my number three MCU film, Spider Man No Way Home. I think this movie. Nah. I would expect you to have it higher, honestly. Yeah, you'll see. I think you'll you'll know this is a Dave list when you when you see the rest of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so everything worked about this film. Actually, you kind of nailed it. And I spoke about it in my review. It surpassed my expectations. I expect I expected it to go in the direction it went, and it did, and it did even a lot more. Has probably I hadn't mentioned this on the air or off the air to you. I totally forgot, but. Uh, Shout out to my wife, Jenny, to getting really, really angry when that big death in the movie happens. Like she was ready to walk out of the theater. And I'm like, oh, but it makes sense. It makes perfect sense with the storyline of Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah, because he got him. Now he finally has his moment, same as the others. I, I, I think our, our, our lovely feminist just came in and she just said it does not make any sense. She's still very angry about it. I mean, I expect a lot of people to be for a while. 
I will say though, this is Tom Holland's best performance of his career. I, I, oh, I, sure, I, it's a culmination. Yeah, I think this is. If this is it for him, I don't think it is. But if this is it for him, I think he really. I hope it's not because then you know what hashtag is going to really catch fire. Yes, and we're not going to give that any life there. But um, action sequences were good. I will say I love why this movie is so high for me is the fact that the. The villains were used in a, such a fun, unique way that wasn't cliche, and they actually gave him real stakes and arc, and I really dug that. And I will say William Dafoe in this is better than he even was in Spider-Man 2002. That's saying a lot. Yep. Uh, next up for me is a movie that I waited um, 32 years for. Uh, Ghostbusters. Yes. Um, on s- I know you. I, yeah, that movie... I saw it at Comic Con like a month and a half before it came out, and um, very surprised. Which that's that's the best, but honestly, that for you and the the people that were in the tennis of that, that was like the perfect way to see that movie because you know, like you guys are the true diehards of that franchise. Yeah, I am made no bones about the fact that the first one is in my top five favorite films of all time. I think this movie does such a great job, and it and what I loved about it is that I love Jason Reitman as a filmmaker, so this movie is essentially Jason Reitman film. It is a coming-of-age story that is also a Ghostbusters film. I I don't understand the hate that the fan service gets because who gives a fuck? It's still, fan service done right. It's still telling a great story, and I was very much engaged through throughout. And then the use of the actual original Ghostbusters was fantastic. And I am not going to spoil the final moment of the film, but that move, moment made me cry. Yeah, this movie really worked for me, and I... I don't know if there's going to be another, but if there is, I it made a lot of money, so I actually think that we will get another one. Yeah, there's going to be a green a sequel is going to be granted for sure. Yeah, and then going to my number eight being the Ricardos. Um, I yeah, that's a Dave pick. That's a what? That's a Dave pick. That's yeah. a Dave pick. Um, I liked it, but I, not 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 at my top. Oh no, no, for me it's you know. No, yeah, li- I, I figured. Listen, to, listen to the episode two weeks ago. You guys would know what that show means to me. I was a little less hard on it than other fans yeah, of the series. I absolutely was able to nitpick at inconsistencies with the actual realities of the show and her and her live events and stuff like that. But I got to say, like, Nicole Kidman was so damn good. And if anyone's going to beat another person that's a little higher on my list for uh, actress, I am perfectly fine with Kidman doing it. Uh I hope it doesn't happen, but it's, if it is, at least it's going to be someone that's warranted. Um, my number seven is the best musical of the year. Uh, I'm going to say this really low, even though Jenny's the one that edits it. There's a little bit of this movie I like more than the original. Um, and that's West Side Story. We all feel that way. Yeah, and that's West Side Story. Uh, I got to say this. I actually... One of the most pleasant surprises of the year. Yes, I can. I actually thought this movie was not was essentially going to be a carbon copy, and it you know it copies you know it, it does do the the the, the maybes that you just can't change exactly. But it does. It is a, his own version of it, and I really liked. And Spielberg directed the fuck out of this movie. Best direction since Minority Report. Uh for me, catch me if you can. I I like Minority Report. Cashman came up first. My bad. Yeah, I think Cashman, if you can, I think he is that that. But oh, yeah, my, that's that's a top ten Spielberg. Cashman. I think I love as an actor, I think it's Leo's breakout. 
Like as in like a serious actor. Don't worry, we know how it is. Like we like well, I I love Titanic, but that performance isn't is not top tier Leo. Yeah, I I agree one thousand. He relied on looks before that. I mean, come on, the guy the guy made the beach for God's sake. That's Jenny's favorite Leo film, The Beach. Oh, what I thought was the man in the Iron Mask. No, she loves the man in the Iron Mask. Okay, let's shut up right now before she kicks our ass because we're shitting on movies that she likes. <laughs> she actually did not like Don't Look Up. She thought it was okay. She didn't really like it as much as I expected Uh-oh. it to. I, 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 mean, I had a feeling. I, I was surprised. Device of the device. I was surprised because she likes Vice and she likes the big shorts. So I was surprised that yeah, she wasn't I, too I big like on you, it. This one is like, this is like his true most divisive movie because it's like. I will. Satires, no, no, they're not the easiest thing to crack. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love it like you, but. I will yeah. say, I will say, I think the. Um, uh, if if the comedy certain aspects of the comedy doesn't work for you then then that's it i knew she was out when the because my favorite comedy bit is the j the the j log keep referencing getting charged twenty dollars for the oh, okay and oh, she didn't laugh at that she didn't like, laugh at that that should have me dying As, especially when they're she's just waiting in in the room and she's talk she's talking super serious about everything and then she goes into I don't understand why he would charge money for free. Oh my god, had me die. But yes, yes. Uh West Side Story is incredible. Rachel Zegler is um she was born to play this. She was she's a superstar. I I had no interest in the in the Snow White film. Now I am fully engaged. It's the musical numbers. Yes, I want to see what she does with that. Um Ariana DeBo she is she's not better than Rita Moreno. She's legit, but she is very You think she's better than Rita Moreno? And, oh no 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 no! I'm saying like like I feel like she is gonna run away with the supporting yes, actors. Oscar. Yes, she deserves no, deserves so. Rita run for her money. Like she's, re- I mean, I still prefer Rita's take on the character, but you know, for like to follow up an Oscar winning performance, like she did better than any person had any rights to do. And if she wins, she will be the first female to win an Oscar for playing the same character that previously won an Oscar. And oh, right. the That's- and the third overall, uh, first was Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro for playing Vito, and then Heath Ledger and Joaquin. Yep. So, bit of history if she does win. And I thought Rita Moreno, Rita Moreno was very good. Uh, I won't say, like, playing Tony, Tony's a very difficult character to play. I can't say Ansel Elgar was terrible, but he's just not as good as Rachel Zegler was, so it kind of makes him look even worse by comparison. Uh, yeah, out of he's the weakest performance. Number six is Coda. Uh, nice, glad to see it high on yours. Yeah, it's Coda is it was my number one of the year until probably the first festival season started. Uh, everything about that movie worked for me. It's I love coming of. I am a sucker, absolute sucker for coming of age stories. There is something about that genre that always gets me. Ironically, that I'm not big on Stand by Me, which is oh, like, damn, I just, I just yeah. realized. Something in my top ten you didn't mention. I thought it would have been in your ten. Um. Oh, it may still be. No, I, I highly doubt that you have it at that high at this point. But I'll bring it up when it's my turn. All right, cool. But um, I think it has some of the most most emotional moments of the year, especially the final scene where she's singing and she starts going into sign language while she's singing. Yeah, that uh, that that, really, that that I cried for that one. That one also the scene where Troy Costner she puts his hand on her on her throat on her vocal yes. yeah that that really got me as well um yeah so that's my number 
six. I'm gonna to to make it fun. I'm gonna stop there and let you do your fifteen through six, and then we'll finish up our top five. All right, honorable mention to "Come On, Come On," which I just saw. no, you broke my heart. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no. I mean, it can still change from what I posted on the thing. I gotta still think about, but I really do love it. You've but broken like, my heart, my very friend. Subtle and different performance from Joaquin. Uh, would you say? It. Would you say before you start, it's the best option for him to do after a, a performance like Joker? Yes, because I feel like he needed to do a little something different. Because I could tell, because Joker was a really hard role for him. You know, he lost the weight and everything like that. Like, you know, after after a role so chaotic like that, when you just need something very subtle and like laid back, so this was a great option. Is and also just just to see him in a different light. Like it's not it's nothing like we've ever seen him play before, or even a movie that we ever seen him do before. Okay. We never really seen him acting with kids and stuff for signs, and that was before he was really, really Joaquin. Um, also, special shout out to End the Heist, which me and Dave love. But once we've had like the initial like "Oh my God" about it, we kind of started seeing the issues that the film does yes. have. We did what I hate doing and I regret doing. It's definitely we worth mentioning. I was a huge prisoner of the moment. It's still, I think it still has one of the best musical numbers of the year with 96,000. Oh, yes. but it's still, it's still my third favorite musical of the year. Sure. Uh, yes, same here. And also special shout out to probably the most underrated movie that's in my top 20 when I post on my page. And it's a movie called Language Lessons with our guy P from the league, Mark Duplass okay. and um, Natalie Morales. Basically, um, Mark Duplass in that movie plays um, a queer man who his husband buys him a hundred lessons, a spa- uh, hundred Spanish lessons, and it's just this beautiful friendship that develops between him and Natalie Morales. He plays a Spanish teacher, and for a person that's not Latino, his Spanish is really good. Like it made me curious if he actually knew Spanish, and that's why he decided to write the screenplay. But it's it's a very good indie movie that I recommend to people. It's actually probably the best use of Zoom in a movie. I know you love Host. I Have you finally better. seen Host or not yet? You know, yeah, I saw it like two months ago. It was all right. <laughs> Sorry, I guess it's just the hype. Yeah, you saw it way too late. I guess I saw it yeah. before the hype, so that's probably why I loved it. Quarantine last year probably would have worked better for me. Okay, so my number 15, I believe it was around the same number as you, or you had it like 14, but The Green Knight. Yes. Everything you said, you know, the aesthetics of it is amazing. Dev Patel's best performance. I don't care if you're a Slumdog Millionaire fan or even a Lion fan. This is his best performance. And if you're familiar with David Lowry's work, like in the body scenes and um, a ghost story, you kind of know is a very slow movie. It's not no really Scott epic. Like it's a very meticulous movie. Uh, number 14 is The Suicide Squad everything they've said you know, it was, like, it was the Suicide Squad movie we should have gotten in 2016 is miles away the best DCEU movie is the best DC movie of this year sorry Snyder fans Yes. Um, number 13 is Nine Days is oh yes, yes. good, good, good it giving it a shout out yeah it surprised the fuck out of me like I won't get too much into details because there will be like a spoiler for people but I do recommend you check it out but it has to do kind of like uh, would you say it's that reincarnation in a way or like I think it's more like soul yeah because yeah, like soul like is a little bit like, like reincarnation yeah I, I guess you can say that who plays like this character where 
he he interviews you for like a week and it, it he determines whether you could have a like as a soul whether you could live something. I don't, I don't know how it's it's a movie that I feel like I need to rewatch because it's a lot of themes that you. It's one of those movies you you where rewatches you analyze and, and like kind of notice a lot more things. Uh, my number twelve is my number twelve is one of the most heartwarming movies of the year, which is probably gonna win Best Picture. I do love it, but uh, oh yes, it. yes, it didn't crack my. Is that the one you were talking about? Belfast. No, 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 there's another movie that I, that I'm surprised you didn't mention that he's in Honorables, but Belfast is my number twelve. Given the backdrop of the serious subject matter, the fact that it's very heartwarming was very shocking to me. But Kenneth Branagh, this is his best movie as the director, especially and after coming straight after Artemis Fowl, the man showed why he still gets work. And one and, uh, and one of the best endings of the yes, of the year. Yes. Everlasting Love is Jamie Dornan's crowning achievement as an actor. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. We may get a year where the girl from Twilight and the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey are nominated for Oscars. It's like who unjustifiedly got too much hate for those roles. Oh, but it was great. Those movies just badly written. Uh, my number 11 is was my favorite musical of the year up until a few weeks ago, and that is Tick, Tick, Boom. Woohoo! I was very curious about this movie, not because I had any doubts, just... No, I'm just very curious what Limino could have done behind the camera. We know he's a great lyricist. We know he's a Broadway legend at this point. But I was very impressed what he did behind the camera. Like he actually showed style and everything. It wasn't like like how some actors do when they do the director directorial debuts, where it's just like they put the camera on their talents and actor just let them go to work. Like he actually showed style, like the the diner scene. Like I was thought was very creative the way he did it. Yeah, especially with the uh, well, the Broadway legends. Yeah, that's like when I saw that, I was like, yeah, like Dave and all these, like you guys that really love Broadway and know, and know a lot of these actors, like that's like a Broadway's wet dream. It's funny. I saw Joe Gray. I'm like, oh man, he's gonna be in a best another Best Picture nominee after stealing the Oscar from Pacino like 40 years ago. <laughs> I mean, he is the best part of of that movie. Yes, he is. Yes, me. No, Liza is. Well, I, I like Joe Gray more in that movie. Really interesting. Okay. No, I do like Liza, but like I feel like that's like I mean, even though I still think Pacino should have won Best Actor, I mean Best Supporting Actor, I feel like that is the definition of what supporting acting win is. You know, like very showy and stuff. That's the type of supporting performances I do love. And those don't win anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, my number ten is the one that I was surprised you didn't even at least give a special shout out. That's Shiva Baby. Oh Shiva baby! Oh yeah, I, I disrespect myself. This, it, is the, yep. it was the best horror movie of the year. Yeah, disrespect. I am. This is, I apologize. This is basically the coming of age version of Uncut Gems. Yes, yes, hundred percent. Yes, one, one place, and it's like if you thought. Well, I, I still think Uncut Gems gives you more anxiety, but this movie is very anxiety-inducing. Like. It's just amazing, and I cannot wait to see. I don't know the director's name at the top of my head, but whatever she does next with Rachel, they're doing like a coming of age sex comedy. Like I can't wait for that. Yes, I'm I, all in. Yes, listen to JC. Please watch Shiva Baby. Shiva Baby is is on HBO Max. We all have that service. At least most of us do. Seventy, I believe, it's like 75, 80 minutes. Yeah, I think watch. it's eighty, eighty-five. I think not even nothing. Yeah, it's like it's pretty short. Like it takes you longer. To get through the first act of, then then it does to get through the first act of Titanic. 
Yeah, I actually may have to add that to the final list. Yes. I was surprised. That's the thing. Even an honorable mention. That's what I'm saying. But once I saw you got to like six, I'm like, yeah, no way he got Shiva Baby that high. Yeah, I am going to have to play around with the end of those <laughs> list. I've uh, number nine is actually a movie I had higher when I first saw it, but you know, there's a few things that I've actually thought about more since. But Spencer, I loved it more than I expected because I'm not really into the royal stuff. But what I like about it, that it doesn't play like the, it's completely the opposite of the crown, which is why I feel a lot of people have been divisive on it. Like, if you saw Jackie, this is even less accessible than Jackie. But Kristen Stewart gives what I believe should be is the best female performance of the year. I she should win best, best actress. I think it's the best we'll performance see. of the year, period. Well, I, I mean, yeah. Because I could say that, too, like, looking at my the rest of my thing. But then I remembered a performance from earlier in the year that won the Oscar already. Which oh, I guess that with. counts. I don't actually. Yeah, that's so the, the, this year was very weird to me because that's what I said. Like, you'll see how I have that movie placed because it's like I keep forget. I got to remember this was a 2021 movie. Yeah. So, all right. So I know. So for anyone that's not listening, it's not on my when JC gets it's not on my list because I, I did a little something different. I wanted to just do it. Anything after? Oh, you did as March, like yes, March, and March first. I kind of respect. I yeah. respect that. That's what with me. I just got to keep remembering. It's 2021. It's 2021. Yeah, that's a, that. Trust me, I, it's hard. <laughs> like with No Man and the Father, I saw them in 2020 in Minari, so I'm not, I didn't include them this year, even though they were released this year. Me, and you saw them in 2020, so that was they were part of my 2020 ranking. Yep, I I am with you 100. percent Um, my number eight is The Last Duel. Don't really got much to add. Like you know, we said everything. We loved it. The, the duel. You know, lived up to the hype, and it's, I think it's really his best epic since The Gladiator. Number seven, No Way Home. Similar to everything you said, Dave, is, you know, it's like great fan service. They did a lot of interesting things. And for, you know, like live action Spider Verse, I feel they did a pretty good job. Still not better than Into the Spider Verse, but good, a good job of trying to do what they did. My number six is the movie that we were talking about a few minutes ago, and that is Judas and the Black Messiah. It did. It is a 2021 movie, even though um, Kaluuya won the Oscar for you know for like last year's Oscars, you could say. Um, it's just there. I just I keep thinking about this movie the whole year. I've seen it three times. I know it's not an easy movie. You to watch that movie three times? Yes. Yeah, God bless, just, man. Just, no, that's what I'm saying. Like it is. Like like I saw it twice. When it first came out, that I saw her again a few weeks ago just to see if I should still have, you know, because I had it like at 14 at one point. But I'm like, no, man, this movie is just too good. Like, let me refresh myself. And I refresh, I'm like, yeah, I just, like, I get it. It feels like it came out years ago at this point because we had the whole Oscar season. But it's still such a goddamn good movie. Daniel Kaluuya just fully embodied Fred Hampton. And then Lakeith Stanfield was like, that's just been my dude since short term 12. And um, hold up, we're going. What we're stopping here? Or are we yeah, going? yeah. So I'll keep going. So okay. um, my no- my number five is come on, come on. Um, yeah, I absolutely adored this movie. I think Woody Norman probably gives the best child performance probably of the last ten years, and probably yeah, one of my favorite child performances of all time, actually. Uh, Joaquin, like you said, extremely subtle, but I just love their the chemistry between both of them is. Art of the film. It's uh, the heart. And the end of the film actually works so well for me. Actually, 
I did cry because I am an emotional wreck with movies like this. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Mike Mills. So the fact that I... <laughs> I'm not a fan at all. I'll say straight yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> so the fact that I adored this, this movie... This is the like. The, the fact that I adored this movie says a lot. It's up there in one of my favorite A24 films of all time. My number four is Spencer. Uh, kind of everything you touched on. I think Kristen Stewart is, without a doubt, the best performance of the year. Uh, it will be a shame if this movie goes around of Jackie because I also adore Jackie, even though I am perfectly fine with who won the Oscar that year over Natalie Portman. Um, I will not. I will oh, not. No. I will never take that Oscar away from her. So, Emma Stone, it it belongs to you. Um, the favor. Uh, let me see the. But overall, like the score, Johnny Greenwood's score, Claire Mathon, yeah. Mathon cinematography, everything about the movie works for me. And essentially, what you said, if you like Jackie, you're gonna love this. It it pretty much does the same. It's a good double feature. Yep. Uh, my number three, these top three is one A, one B, one C. I could I not think we decide. Might have the same top three actually. Yeah. So my number three is Tatan. And it may be my number one when I rewatch it again. I don't know. These these three are like. <laughs> So, 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 so close together in terms of how much I love them. But right now it's number three. We saw, you saw how angry we were when it, we talked about it being snubbed. I think yeah. it's one of the, it's the best horror film of the year. It's the, one of the best. Would you, would you consider it like a family drama as well? <laughs> like um, a little bit? Yeah. Somebody says it, I won't get mad. Yeah. Like, and I, I think definitely, it definitely, it definitely, has enough of that to be in that category. And um, if it wasn't for another movie on this list, I would put Agatha Rosselli's performance as the best debut performance of the year, but um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I think Vincent Vincent Lindon is also fantastic in the movie. Everything about the movie works. Uh, the horror aspects works for a horror fan like me. The family drama aspects work for me. The finale works for me. It's probably the best childbirth sequence in a horror film since uh rosemary's baby and you don't even see the baby in that one you definitely do in this one um but yeah this move the score is also very underrated i think the score in the film is fantastic uh my number two yeah my number two is dune um oh yeah 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 remember i didn't oversell your number one no Remember um, when we talked about coming of age stories and how much I love them? I yeah yeah, yeah. that's why when you showed I me a certain hyped up too much. When no I went after, like, no. You. When you showed me something, I was very pissed off about it because it just shows that certain individuals don't really understand anything. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Dune was everything that we wanted and more. I think to speak on your behalf, I think the movie I saw it at New York Film Festival. Same with Tatan and with Dune, I think. I walked in there with specific expectations, and I think seeing it in that scope matched them. Seeing them on IMAX surpassed them, if that makes any yeah. sense. Um, the, yeah, of course. This is a movie, like, the big screen. Like, we we always say, because, you know, in this, me and you champion the big theater experience, but, like, Dune is a legit movie that you just, at least once in your life, you have to see on the big screen. Agree. And, um... I will say there's so many ideas that this novel has that Star Wars eventually also used, which is very interesting. It felt very much like a a giant scope sci-fi Game of Thrones as well, with all these with all these houses yeah, with and politics and stuff like that. Yep, it's so good. 
I'm so, and the reason it's my number two is because it's an incomplete story in terms of like, it doesn't take the credit away from the overall film, but I will say, um, if it, I, I do it in the same way that I did Infinity War, I want to see if they stick the landing too. Uh, but as a move, singular entity, I think yeah, this is one that could, that could become number one. Exactly. With, with... Like as a singular entity, it's fantastic. Is one I my favorite Denis film, and I'm one that champions Arrival more than most. Uh, yeah. I think I think this movie is, is something that should not be unseen. And yeah, my number one, I'll wait to do that one. But yeah, do your five through two so we can finish up. Okay, my number five is Coda. Is probably the most heartwarming movie of the year. Like. I cried multiple times during it. Like it's just a, such a beautiful movie. Like, like I, I I always respect authenticity. So I like the fact that with the sign language you get to see. You know, like I like when you cast authentic people. Like they could have just easily had an actor pretend to be deaf and stuff like that. But I like the fact that they cast Troy Kotzer. I don't know the brother's name, and then Marley Mann, which who's the youngest. Um, uh, best actress winner of all time, so it's glad to see her back in the conversation. Even though I think Troy Kotzer could easily win best supporting actor, like Agreed. he's getting some good steam. Like I like the fact that he's not forgotten, you know, because like as you always stated many times in past episodes, Apple does a shitty job when it comes to campaigning their movies. So I'm glad that it looks like they're doing a good job because this is getting in everything, which makes me happy. Um, number four is probably. The biggest surprise of the year for me was not because I thought it was going to be a total disaster, but just as Dave said, you know, just when you're trying to remake a classic, especially a classic that won 10 Oscars and Best Picture, is um, Mr. Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, which I, like I told Dave when I first saw it, um, it's more of a reimagining than a remake, I'll say, because it follows the same beat, you know, because you have to follow, you know, like how they meet, you know, the ending and stuff like that, but it has a lot of new scenes that make it feel to me may just make it made him feel more like a reimagining than a remake. Like you know, there's a lot of scenes that weren't in the re- in the original. The the uh, Officer Crumpy scene um scene musical number was completely different. Like it makes some good changes to set it apart. And like Dave said, very very low. I'll say very loud. It does a lot better than the original. I think the the original is the best musical I've seen. I still have a lot of. Obviously, Fred Astaire musical, so it go obviously changed down the line. But from what the musicals that I've seen, I think it's the greatest ever made. But this did a lot of things better. Like I think some of the acting is better in this one. Obviously, the representation with the fact that there's no subtitles in the Spanish scene, I love. Me and Dave, obviously, being, being Latin, we didn't have trouble understanding. So we didn't care about the subtitles. But, I, I mean, even though people that don't know Spanish, I've seen that they appreciate it, that, especially with the issues that the original has had. Um... My number three is Dave's number one, which we could talk about here is um, Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza, which features the best debut performance of the year in Alana Heim. She is incredible. She might just be my favorite female PTA character ever. Like she just has so much. I think I think I may be with you. Yeah, I, I personally feel that she might be PTA's best female character ever because he does a good... I mean, he's a great writer of women, but males have always tended to be the lead of his movies, so most of the females take supporting roles for, for the most part. But, you know, Cooper Hoffman, he's keeping his father's legacy alive. You know, that's Phyllis Seymour Hoffman's son, if, for people that don't know. 
I was a big Phyllis Marvin fan, so you know, like I miss him dearly, and I've, all the great performances that we missed out on him. So I'm glad that we have a son who looks like him and kind of felt like Scotty J and Boogie Nights in this movie. Yeah, I do want to say this. I guess I'll just touch on it now since he's your number yeah. three. It's my number one. Um, so yeah, licorice pizza, my number one. Um, I I I want to touch on because I know you will co-sign with me. If all you sit there and take away from this movie is the fact that there is a 10-year difference between the characters, then what were you really paying attention to the movie? Exactly. Like, I, I, There's so much more than that. One, it is not uncommon for a, a substantial age difference during that time. I know people that, like older people that I have worked with, that their husbands or wives or My father's seven, 13 years older than my mom and like, started dating in the 70s. So... Very normal back then. Yeah, like you sit, you sit on a high ground with certain aspects and thoughts, and you're like, and if you want to nitpick at something and say, "Hey, this doesn't work," was more of the some of the a jokes, the Asian with the the man with the Asian wife. Yeah, that that's not that, the only that that's that doesn't. The, that's the reason I didn't go five on five because that was just like, yeah, that was that didn't need to be there. There was no reason for it. Yeah, that doesn't work, and I will absolutely co-sign that, but. Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman's performance, like you said, are downright phenomenal. Alana Haim is she has so much charisma. It's it's unfat. I don't even know who she was. Uh, yeah, I was surprised when you told me that because I'm like, they're, I'm not the biggest Haim fan, but I do know a lot of their songs. So I was surprised when you said you had no idea. I had no like, like like my wife Jenny knows who they who they were, and she was surprised yeah, when she saw that she was in this movie. And I was like, yeah, I had no idea who that was, and the fact that. <laughs> PTA had directed a lot of their music videos. Yeah, and that's how I got into them, honestly. So that relationship there pretty much brought her into the movie. But yeah, her um, and Cooper Hoffman's chemistry is downright like electric. Like, yes, there's an age difference, but like he has such a, a suave about him that he even he's like, yeah, she's older than me, but I can I can still like date her. Yeah, he definitely act like most regular fifteen year olds. Like, yeah. if he would have told me he was like twenty, I would have believed it. And I gotta say, uh, shout out to them. Actually, not shout out. A big hit on them for changing the name to from Soggy Bottom to Licorice Pizza. But if I like that how they implied it in the storyline. Yes, I actually prefer the title Soggy Bottom now after uh, watching the movie. Yeah, like the fact that the people that knew about it, because if you remember, well, I doubt you remember, like last year's. This very specific episode, when I said this was my top 10 movie, David had no idea what the fuck Soggy Bottom was. So it's funny how it comes full circle and that was his number one movie. Yeah, yeah. True, true that. True that. Um, Sean Penn was good. Bradley Cooper was in it for six minutes, five, six minutes, and he was phenomenal. Um, I, there's nothing outside of that specific scene that we talked about before. There is nothing about this movie I didn't love. I I think it. I will. I I gotta I gotta throw some love too to PTA casting Alana Heim's parents and sisters in the that's movie. That's yeah, because the scene with them where um oh, I forgot the character's name at the moment where they Lance. have the, Lance when Lance leaves and she goes on us and Alana goes on a specific rant. I thought it was <laughs> one of the funniest moments of the year. One of and the funniest moments in the film. Um, yeah. So. Licorice Pizza is fucking phenomenal. I'm watching it again today. Uh, so, yeah, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it if you guys haven't seen it. Please watch it with an open mind and not just look at the specific age difference. Um, I will say it also reminds me a lot of uh, Dazed and Confused as well. 
Very. Yes, it's literally, it's literally one of the greatest hangout films of all time. Right yeah. up there with these movies and American Graffiti. Yeah, and if PTA wins the Oscar for this one, it's it will be well deserved. Well deserved. So yeah. So go ahead. You can finish your top two though. Okay. Um. Yeah. My number two is Dune. Everything Dave said, and I was like, if you, well, I mean, not anymore, obviously, because it's out of the theater. But if you have, if you took the chance to see it in theaters, it's honestly the best way to see. At least for the first time, Dave's circumstance, he had. So obviously I would have done the same thing, would have seen it not in a in an IMAX theater for the first time, but it was one of the best theater experiences I had of the whole year, like the scope and everything like that. Like and like Dave said, you know, like once we get Dune Part Two and maybe then he decides to do like the other books. I hope not. Uh, well, I'm just saying like we could see it like in a better like, you know, it obviously could become my number one for the year once we get the whole complete story, just like once you get Return of the King, like you appreciate. I mean, even though Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers, we always appreciate it. But like once you get the full story, like you learn to appreciate what came before and and the road it led to get to that. So with maybe when once we get Dune Part Two, this could easily have just turned to be my number one of the year. But I love Dune. The fact that this book is a lot of people say was unfilmable and not accessible. The fact that the need made it be as accessible as it could be, I applaud her for that because I. Really, David Lynch's original is very hard to understand at times. So, yeah. And then my number one is Tatane Tatane. I, I always know, I don't I never really know how to say it correctly, but I mean, Dave said everything. The only thing I could add is basically is the best body horror movie that wasn't directed by David Cronenberg. Yes, I would have loved to see David Cronenberg, David Cronenberg direct. Uh, Something like Tatan. I will say Julia Ducourneau is now two for two. If you guys have not seen yeah, Raw, Raw, please see Raw because Raw. I I don't like cannibal films, but that is probably one of the best. Definitely check it out. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I said like you pretty much had said everything about it. The only thing I had was just that it was is the best body horror, not directed by my guy David Cronenberg. Awesome. All right, cool. So to finish up, I am going to run through and. Uh, obviously you can run through as well uh 15 most anticipated films of of uh of next year which um ironically will start with david cronenberg <laughs> do you know which one i'm talking yeah, about yeah the, the um Crimes Crimes of the, the future. future um i'm very just i'm just curious with the cast that he has where that's where this is going <laughs> I I yeah, like, I mean, I'm I'm just excited the fact that a few days ago um Kristen Stewart I believe was the one that said that in that in this world in that world of physical pain does not exist so That's why I've I added it. That's why I added yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like I'm like this I'm like this dude about to have people go through mad punishment and not feel nothing saying give me what you got or some yes. stuff like that. I'm like oh, oh we're going to get we're going to get this Cronenberg back. Um number 14 I have don't worry darling the new Olivia Wilde film. I mean, I love yeah, Booksmart. Yeah, I love Booksmart, so I had to put it in there. Number 13, I don't know the quality of this movie is going to be after what we got with Halloween Kills, but I'm very intrigued as to what the hell is going to happen at the end. Yeah, I didn't I, add that this time around. <laughs> I, I know what I'm expecting. I know what I'm I know what I will probably get. We'll like it. But I know that, you know, this is it for Jamie Lee, so I'm very curious as to how she goes out. Uh, number twelve, it's coming out in less than three weeks. Oh, no, about yeah, about less than three oh, weeks. Yeah, so that's why I have it a little lower than I would probably have it because it yeah. comes out so early in the year. Um, number eleven, don't laugh. This is straight up like a Dave pick. Um, first man, the animated movie. I am very, 
very curious about. First time the animated movie. Yeah, Lightyear. Oh. Yeah. Oh, for a second, I'm like, hold up, there's a movie <laughs> called it. I haven't heard of it. Um, yeah, this movie looks so good. I'm very curious as to where they go with this, the direction of this, uh, this character. Now that you're getting a different version of, you know, you're getting the quote unquote live action version of Buzz Lightyear. Um, what else here? Number ten is where I have the Northman. Um, it, oh, yeah, for me. I have two Marvel films that I'm too excited over, and one movie that I've been waiting. We talked about the Northman in the trailer, but that's what. But that's why I have a little higher. Number nine, I have it as number nine because I've been waiting for this movie for two years already, um, and I can't, just can't wait to see this on IMAX. Top Gun Maverick. I don't give a shit uh, if this movie is the biggest piece of shit ever. <laughs> I cannot wait to see this movie. Uh, <laughs> Number eight is our boy Ari Aster, Disappointment Boulevard. Um, we'll probably be Joaquin and him in a movie together. What more you want? That's all you. That's all you got to say. Uh, number seven and six are my two Marvel entries: Thor: Love and Thunder. I just, it's been a while we've seen Taika direct a Thor film, so I'm very curious to see how that goes. Plus, Natalie Portman as Thor now. She as Jane's going to take over the mantle, so I'm very curious where that goes. Uh, number six, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Uh, who isn't excited for Maz Morales once more? Uh, top five here. I think we may have the same f- top five, but in very in some different mm, order. No, uh, no, I have the Northman up there, so we might have. I think we actually might just have the top three, honestly. Okay, uh, number five is Nope, the upcoming yeah. Jordan Peele film. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't think anyone knows As anything about it. Know so, about it. <laughs> number four is David Fincher's The Killer. Okay, no, no, so we have top four. I, I didn't know if you knew it was going to come out this year. Yeah, yeah, so number four is The Killer. I mean, I think this is going to be probably the most quote-unquote accessible David Fincher film for because a lot of people didn't like Mank in quite a bit. So I can only imagine. And plus, Andrew, Andrew Kevin Walker is writing it. So Seven reunion. Yeah. Like, well, that's, all, that's, all, that's all I really need that you have – Tilda Swinson and Michael Fassbender in the cast. Come on, just definitely give it to me this year, please. For sure. Number three, I have Killers of the Flower Moon, the Mars upcoming Martin Scorsese film. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro working together for the first time in what, like, like thirty years, right? Um, twenty-seven now because they did Marvel's Room, but this is the first time they'll be working under Scorsese together. So that's really, you know, that's his two muses finally being in one of his movies together. Like, I mean, if if this isn't your top three most anticipated movies, you're not a cinephile to me. And then number two, would it, it's like 1A, 1B for this. Um, my boy, Damien Chazelle's back, baby. Babylon. Babylon, baby. I cannot wait for this movie. Uh, and it's about old Hollywood, the silent era film. Oh, come, come, this, come on, man. This is this is like screaming. This a Dave number. This, this already has a three from Dave just oh, because of the subject matter. A, oh my Jesus! Uh, I will say the Emma Stone casting chain. I mean, if there could have been anyone more perfect to replace her, it was um Margo. And this could be this could be it, man. With who she's playing, I think this could be it. Oh, they already uh, said who she's playing. Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh. You? I thought you knew that. No, no, I just knew the subject matter, and then the the Mexican kid was like uh, supposed to be like a kid that was trying to work up. I didn't know they already had, it and I was like, "Who the characters that were playing?" My only, my only issue is I wonder if she is not. So Margot Robbie's playing Clara Bow, a silent film star from the era. Uh, 
I hope she's the you know I don't even give a shit if she's a leader supporting as long as like she knocks it out of the park. Um, so yeah, Emma Stone was originally supposed to play Clara Bow, and now it's it's Margot Robbie. Um, and then number one, yeah, come on, <laughs> come on, the Batman, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, come on, there's. If you're a cinephile and a comic book geek like I am and loves Batman, my cat's named Bruce Wayne, I own so much Batman memorabilia, I love the character, I've been reading the comic for years, Matt Reeves, the combination of Matt Reeves and this character seems too perfect to be true. Uh, Everything about this movie looks incredible. Paul Data looks like he's going to kill it. Also, um, Robert Pattinson as JC and I and anyone that has seen anything that's not Twilight has said for two, three years. Robert Pattinson is the perfect choice. He's going to kill it as Batman. Uh, this Michael Giacchino score, even in that little clip that we saw in the trailer, looks sounds fantastic. So, yeah, that is my number one most anticipated film. And thank God we don't got to wait till the end of the year for it. Thank Christ. I have star- I will be starting to reach out to Warner Brothers into what March 4th. Yeah. So I will be starting to reach out to Warner Brothers and be very annoying in the next two weeks. <laughs> no, they don't have to worry because after that I won't be as annoying. So that's literally that's it. But yeah, go, run through your through your list quick. Oh, number fifteen is the Flash. Like oh, I'm very yeah. intrigued how they'll do Flashpoint, and honestly, the, my big the reason this is in my top fifteen is just because being me and Dave rightfully know who the best Batman ever is. Michael Keaton, Adoy. his return, I'm all in. This movie could be a hot pile of garbage. And if Michael Keaton gets a good amount of scenes, I'm giving it a three already. Yep. Uh, number 14 is Knives Out 2. I loved the first one. Oh, this is cast. that for sure coming out next year? Yeah. Oh, okay. If, 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 remember, filmed over the summer. I think it's probably going to be like a summer release for them. Fantastic. Yeah, this film is filming like... Remember, like the first one he... He, he literally started filming in, in January, February, and it was out in November. Like, this one, for if the fact that it finished filming a couple years ago, I mean, a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. And we prefer getting it this year. For sure. Uh, number 13, as Dave said, first man the animated movie, Lightyear. I, the trailer looks great. The choice of uh, the David Bowie song was awesome. I don't know what to expect from it, honestly, because I didn't think we are going to get, we were going to get, like, a, Buzz Lightyear prequel movie, but Pixar usually delivers, so I'm all in. Number 12 is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. This could change because given the fact that uh, Leticia? Leticia, right, yeah. She got injured and then her whole unvaccinated thing. Like I I have a feeling this is going to get moved. Yeah, because the movie's coming out, I think, like November. So the fact that she's already injured, they've had to delay and then her unvaccinated whole thing we're not gonna get into that but that easily pushes to february of next year of 2023 which works will work good because that'll be the original release date we're gonna have anyways uh number 11 disappointment boulevard i'm a, the reason it's not in my top 10 is I, like i said joaquin and ari Aster, but the fact that originally supposed to be a four-hour comedy i'm i mean i mean obviously i know it's not gonna be four hours but wait hold up this is supposed to be a four-hour comedy that's how he described it. Clearly, it's going to be probably like two hours and a half. I don't think they're going to let him release a four-hour that movie. Dire- that director's cut's going to be fucking massive. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm expecting the movie to at least be two hours and a half. So I hope I don't have the same issue I had with Miss, with Miss Amar, where it was like I thought it was just too long. Uh, number 10 is this is a completely a gene pick. I'm not expecting it to be not even a top 30 movie of the year, but it might be the most batshit crazy movie of the year. 
and his unbearable way of massive talent where the master of cage rage is playing himself. <laughs> you know this is a, a gene pick, bro. Uh, Nicholas Cage playing himself. He's a, he's a has-been actor in this movie, which kind of is like his real life now. He's trying so hard to be in a Tarantino movie. Pedro Pascal plays a billionaire who hires him to, for his kid. And from what we've heard, he is recreating scenes from Face Off and Con Air. Like, give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, we didn't talk about it, and shame on both of us. Uh, Pig, he was fantastic in Pig. Oh this yes, year. yes, yes. Probably his best performance in a really long time. Probably since he won uh, the Oscar. Nah, 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 he's had a pretty good. He's had like he was good in adaptation, and he was good in um in Joe and a few other stuff. But for you, it'll probably be the best as leaving Las Vegas. You're not as big as me on on the Master of Cage Rage. No. <laughs> Uh, number nine is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I was already excited, but that teaser we got at the end of, of No Way Home and then they released now online with Evil Doctor Strange, that just that jumped it up a bit for me. Like I'm excited to see where that goes. And the fact that Sam Raimi is going to redeem himself for Spider-Man 3, hopefully. That has me on it. Number eight is Bullet Train. David Leach, to me, is the best action director working right now, so... You have an action movie containing the train with Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock, Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, Brian Tyree Henry, Michael Shannon. Like, the cast is great. I'm like, just give it to me. This is going to be a wild one. Wild ride. I didn't want to be corny and say that, but yeah, wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. Uh, number seven is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, part one. Everything David said, you know, like, just give me more Miles Morales. Number six is Babylon. I love you disrespectful human being. <laughs> you disrespectful hey, human being. There'll be people that, that you know, the, the La La Land haters who wouldn't even have it in their tent. So well, the, those, that's another set of disrespectful human beings. But yeah, like like everything Dave said, like he loves old Hollywood more than me. But, you know, I love movies about the filmmaking, about movie making. So that has me intrigued, David. Chazelle, like you know, I love Whiplash, I love La La Land, I like First Man a lot. And I'm gonna say this for the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the same thing I've been saying at, at this point. It'll be six years by the time the movie comes out. They owe him a Best Picture nomination, a Best Picture win. So uh, let's make this happen. Safe to say that'll be my number one prediction in Best Picture yeah, next year. Yeah, I mean, I if this is gonna get nominations across the board. They love movies about themselves. Ironic, they haven't awarded a movie about themselves in a long time. <laughs> like Argo would be like the last one. Yeah, and that probably is not even... It's like a, yeah, a Jace. My number five is The Northman. I mean, everything we said when we were talking about the trailer. Don't gotta add anything else to it. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry, I was I was sure we got um number four is I believe it was your number four too, the killer. I mean everything I said is just Kevin David Fincher and Andrew Kevin Walker reunited for the first time since seven. This is about to be you know, a very brutal film. I'm all in. Number three, nope. Like you know, like Jordan Pierce is the director that he's making a new movie. I'm all in. We don't know shit about it, but his reunion with Daniel Kaluuya, yeah. Uh, number two is the Batman. Like, Dave, that's my favorite comic book character of all time. The trailers have been great. This feels like a David Fincher comic book movie. Like, it has very much the vibe of Stefan. 
And then my number one is Killers of the Flower Moon. It's my yeah. favorite director working with my two favorite actors. Like, there's not much else I can say about this movie. This movie is something I've been waiting for since it was announced three years ago. That's great. Yeah, this is this. We went long today, but I think it was well worth it because we touched on a lot of films and we brought shed light on some that maybe a lot of people haven't seen. So please look some of these films out. Uh, you'll probably see our list probably in mid-January after the new year, and then you will see this podcast up on New Year's Day. Uh, so, JC, do you want to plug anything before we go? No, just if you guys haven't done it, just follow me on my movie page, Mark with the Movies. I review pretty much anything as you saw my worst movie of the of, worst movies of the year. Um, I do a lot of daily polls, you know, just to interact with, with the people that follow me just to get their taste in movies. I do Forum from Friday and pretty much cover all types of new TV movies and even independent movies. All right. Awesome. And then, yeah, you will see these, uh, lists coming up soon. Thank you very much for supporting the show for the last year. Well, the last six years. So this should, uh, up to a new year in 2022 you'll definitely see a lot of fun content in the new year but happy new year and until then see you at the movies kids